exactly <laughs> the abyss i have no idea We're, right now let's go take a little visit over to uh i don't know what's the name of that damn school <laughs> nevermore academy nevermore academy i think that's where we're headed right now and if you didn't realize people this is death holler you have not lapsed into some alternate reality um that is la urena that is speaking and i am the reverend dr death yes and we have my hubby here to join in and Give his input as usual. I feel like I'm lurch. Do you? <laughs> yep. Unseen and rarely speaks. <laughs> <laughs> Big and brooding. Yep. Yes. <laughs> I should respond to all the statements. What's your opinion? Yes. I mean, mm. it probably works. It works if I'm speaking. Okay. Not sure about the reverend. <laughs> Anyways, well, we're here with a special presentation because we have to talk about the elephant on Netflix, which is Wednesday. Uh, <clears throat> we all, did, husband watched this, th was it Thanksgiving? The day before. Day before. Reverend, when did you catch yeah. it? I literally started watching it uh, last week, and I and I finished up this week. I, well, I say last week; it was technically Sunday, so yeah, it would have been Sunday of last week, and then finished it up, I believe, Friday night. Yeah, it wasn't long after watching this. Well, I I, I slept, watched it the first time, literally, like saw some scenes while the hubby's watching it, and then dreamt the entire thing. And there were actually, I think the very last two episodes were the only ones I didn't dream. But I think I wasn't actually dreaming when he was watching those. I think I was awakened somewhere else in the house. So there's no way I could have even visioned it in my head. Uh, but there's a lot of things that I clearly missed being asleep the first time. But a lot of things that I actually fucking got, which was pretty hilarious. Uh, and then I watched it awake, fully awake. So I don't know if you count that a first or a second time. But I did watch it in its entirety, and then I was like, "Okay, we have to review this. This, this is, we can't skip this. We have, and we have to do it while it's hot." Yeah, since that is literally all that is on TikTok right now. I mean, every other thing that I scroll through is something about the show. I know more trivia about the show than I mean. <laughs> I've not even read anything about it just from scrolling through TikTok. So, oh my god. So yeah, uh, it's funny because I didn't see anything on TikTok until I watched it. Maybe I watched it a little too early, but all I'm seeing on TikTok right now is the dance. Um, there's the dance. They talk, I mean, there's plenty of trivia about, you know, where she chose her inspirations for that. Uh, yeah. There's some trivia about, like, her the direction that Burton gave her as far as, like, uh, not to blink ever, like, it, or if she could help. I mean, there's a couple times in the show, if you watch, you can see her blink, but that's like two times out of the entire runtime. So, like, oh, she yeah. took that to heart. 
And then the other bit of trivia that I've heard uh, recently, like I was scrolling through, and that this just the nature of how granular they're getting with all this stuff is that for her like particular like hairstyle, that was totally a Tim Burton thing too because she came in made up, which you show you sent a video of where they yeah. were doing the makeup, I believe, and it took forever to get that done. But even with that, when she came in, he still didn't like how her bangs looked, so he sat there and combed for up to 30 minutes like particular strands of hair off to one side or the other and then when he got to the point where he actually liked it they they sprayed it down with this hairspray and it stayed that way for like two or three like two or three more episodes or something is what she said like basically like that's how much they he loaded it down um (laughs) can i be jenna ortega can i get my hair brushed by tim burton (laughs) what the fuck what do you have to do right in life to get that kind of treatment uh be one of tim burton's muses and and not have to be married to him which is the best of both worlds i guess and and jen ortega is living that life right now so i guess isn't his current muse uh the woman who was in dark shadows she played the vampire woman uh, you're talking about Eva, Eva Green? It, yeah, I was going to say Eva Green, but Eva Green. I think she's his current muse, although I haven't seen much of her recently, and it's hard yeah, to she's, tell. She stepped back from acting or something for the moment. I don't know why, and it's kind of bad. I mean, anybody, I mean, <clears throat> you know, she she is a very attractive goth woman, so I mean, you know, which fits his mold, but also, you know, it, it kind of stinks that she's not, but there's probably no roles for her after that Mrs. Peregrine's school for whatever came out and didn't really do that well i think that kind of killed off her career for a bit plus covid and everything else yeah well the problem that i'm foreseeing is that when tim burton gets a new muse the other ones kind of just fade away i mean he'll still do work with them i know he still did work with his ex um oh god why can't they think of her name the one he has helena bonham carter yeah the one he has his bastard children with so they're not technically bastard children. I'm, well, they might have been born out of wedlock, but they were married for a bit. I did were find they? that out. So. Oh, shit. Is that part yeah. of trivia? Uh, I guess you could throw that in as trivia. You know, oh we're talking God. about Cody off air again. He was one that brought that up to me. He's like, I want to give one clarification. They were technically married. I'm like, that's so right, weird. I thought I've I read, wasn't crazy. I've read so many articles because she was in The Crown, <laughs> and um, she they bring up Tim Burton a lot. She brings up Tim Burton very recently because she finally started opening up about them being together, and every article it said all they, they were never technically married. They did call each other husband and wife. That's what I got from the articles I read. So it's hard to say, honestly. Uh, I want, I'd like to believe they were married. I mean, you know, whatever. <clears throat> but I guess we should move on and keep and move forward with this uh, Wednesday discussion. We are talking about Wednesday, uh, directed by Tim Burton, James Marshall, Ganja Montero, written by Charles Adams, uh, who created the characters, Miles Millar, Alfred Goh, April Blair, Kayla Alpert, and Matt Lambert. Uh, music by, oh my God, everybody, Gird Your Loins, Danny Elfman, which this was a different, this was a different Danny Elfman. It didn't yeah, sound like Yeah, you don't like pick everything. up as much of him from this ep- this show as you would typically. Yeah, uh, but I, I liked it. I'm going to, spoiler alert already. I mean, it was cool. It was nice to be like, it didn't sound like just the same shit every day, you know, which I don't know. I don't think we'd care with Danny Elfman. Um, and Chris Bacon, I had to throw him in there. 
uh, principal players, Jenna Ortega, Wednesday Adams, if you have been living under a rock, the main protagonist, borderline serial killer. Uh, I feel like we have one of those in our house. <laughs> She's known most for, well, I wouldn't say most for, because uh, it depends on, on where you are on the Jenna Ortega hotness scale, but she was in Scream 5. That was one of her, people claim, first leading role. Uh, the Babysitter, uh, Killer Queen, X, which uh, a lot of fans from X that uh, loved her her sex scene so much, they were so excited to see her on Wednesday, which I find that to be creepy. <laughs> Explain why it's creepy because we had this conversation yesterday. Uh, because in X, she's she's a she's an adult, uh, okay. and in Wednesday, she is not playing an adult. So, what about a sex scene in X makes you excited to see a sixteen-year-old schoolgirl? Well, if we know that she's twenty, then why does it matter if she's playing a sixteen-year-old? It's just weird. I know, but think that Jen Ortega is sexy in X. Don't think she's sexy in Wednesday. I don't want to go on to that conversation. Studio six six six. I did not know she was in that. I've not seen it yet, but yeah, I saw that whenever I was going through IMDb, and I was like, well, I have to throw that in there, because that's, I mean, pretty recent, too. It seems like she's establishing a career as um, as a as a screen queen, kind of. About Camp 666? Oh, yeah. Well, 666. I was just going to say that I, I only knew about that uh, upon like going through her IMDb because I didn't know that she was in that. I've not seen it yet. I've been meaning to get around to watching it. We were but, supposed to watch it. We talked about it in Devil Season. Yeah, but then it like never really came around anywhere, and it had to wait forever for it to uh, to actually be on like any kind of like media or streaming or anything like that. It was already like last two seasons passed whenever it finally made its debut. I feel like on anything other yeah. than select theater engagements. Which kind of sucks. Uh, Insidious Chapter 2, did not know. I didn't know. I didn't realize she was in that either. I got to go back and watch that movie. The only thing I really remember about that movie is I was severely disappointed at the end of it whenever they give the big reveal about who the, the, the hag woman is that he keeps seeing in the other. And it's like some man-like spirit or something like that. <laughs> it's like a transsexual yeah. or something. And I'm just like, what the is this i know we laughed a little bit when we talked about it and we were discussing how how a man had played that character but these men that do dress up as scary women characters do it really well i'm yeah, sorry they do isn't the, the isn't the nun character in um in the conjuring movies uh, or the conjuring universe isn't that played by a guy as well i'm pretty sure it is i don't i don't think that one is uh if if it's not or excuse me, if it is, there is a woman they are claiming plays the nun that I've seen, and it looks just like the nun. She looks like. Oh, her by the and- way, in twenty twenty three, a little bit of trivia: the nun two comes out. Not that I was clamoring for that, but it, it is coming out next year. I know the kids like the nun, so I know we're probably going to go see it. So there were parts of the nun movie, not I mean, this is the tangent that were that were okay, but then like the majority of it was just being like bored to tears, and and uh, it was kind of weird because then they had like uh, the uh, Farminga's sister, the one who plays Lorraine Warren. They had her sister playing like the one of the main characters in the nun. So I don't know. It was kind of odd too seeing that connection, but anyways. Yeah, I back mean, to Wednesday. <laughs> well, we're going on that tangent because La Arena. She, she, I liked it. I was on edge the whole time, but that's a Catholic thing. Yeah. It just, it just is. So, 
Dead Time Stories, Iron Man 3. I see you didn't include any of her Disney uh, roles in here. <laughs> no, the, well, I didn't want to take up forever with a, with a ton of, you know, all that stuff. I, I just wanted to focus. Cause I was like, there is so much horror stuff that she's done. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's like a whole section by itself. Well, and I think she's going to continue in the Scream movies because she's in six. So, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, she's got, you know, that stuff going on. And she might even... I don't know. She might play another character in, I mean, it's not listed, but I mean, I could see Ty West bringing her back if she wants to work with him again after X. I mean, you know, there's, I mean, cause she was in that and he usually, I mean, he, he has some of the same people working for him throughout different movies. Yeah. I think or at least she, Mia Goth is. she's got her hooks in pretty hard with, with these creators um, there. And she, I think that was her goal as soon as she was out of the Disney realm well, I think she wanted to break out of the Disney realm. I think Disney was a nice little stepping stone for her to start her career. And then now she wants to be primarily in the horror genre. And she's got Tim Burton on her side now. She, you know, he's going he's gonna to keep her. She's always going to have a job with him now. <clears throat> and she's done animation. So, like, if he makes an animated film, she's going to be in one of those probably. Do we want to... St- I don't, I mean, this is informal. We've, we've not really made up a plan on how to attack this. Do we want to discuss like our opinions on the actors and actresses as we can just go through the list of them? Cause I feel like we might as well. I mean, yeah. you know, Oh yeah, we're gonna. Cause what I was going to mention is, is that I feel like Wednesday of all the things that I've seen Jenna Ortega in proves how good of an actor she is, actress she is because she is basically told to play an emotionless character that never blinks yet somehow she still conveys emotion Mm -hmm. just through the use of her damn eyes. I mean, she can't even move her face muscles because then that would, I mean, if there's a little bit, if there's any smile, it's just barely there, but like her eyes is what really shows it. So, um, and that's tough. I mean, you know, it's, it's one thing to, you know, for a person to overact, it's another to tell a person they can't act at all or, you know, but like, it's not, she's, I've heard the complaint by people. It's like, well, I don't really feel like there's much acting going on in this show. And it's like, that's the problem. You're overlooking the fact that it's so subtle that I mean, like she is, she's acting her ass off with what little range she has been given for that character. Well, she claims that Wednesday is her personality like she is emotionless and i'm not buying that she smiles too much in interviews yeah. that's not that's not her she's excited um in her interviews and that's fine I, there's nothing wrong with that um and i don't i don't think it adds to her portrayal of to wednesday by saying oh well that's who i am i don't care how you become wednesday if you that's really how you are or not but i'm not as i'm just saying i'm not buying it Unless she's acting every day when she's out in Hollywood and doing these interviews, and then she goes home and she's just, you know, bland and straight faced and pan face and nothing, and no emotion. And I don't, I don't think so. Is all I'm getting at. No, I mean, and, but that, and that's actually underselling her talent in the show. I mean, the fact that she's saying that because I've seen her in other, the other movies, you know, X and you know, uh, Scream Five in particular. Just this. I feel like just this past year, cause she's really broke out within, you know, 2022. Yeah. And, uh, in both of them, she, I mean, there's a lot more emoting and stuff like that that she's doing, you know, with, I mean, 
And in this, the only emoting she can do whatsoever is just by her glances and just like, I mean, even at times, just like the widening or, you know, tightening of her eyes. I mean, that's <laughs> literally the only way you can tell that she's like some of these guys that, that Wednesdays, you know, when she's showing that she's affectionate for one of them, it's just a little bit. I mean, if there's any smile whatsoever, it's the very faintest smile, but it's all in her eyes. It's like, that's where you see it at. Would you agree that at the ages of, I believe, nine, nine to, I don't know exactly what age Christina Ritchie was when she first portrayed Wednesday, but she was 14 when she portrayed her in Adam's Family Values. Would you agree that she was the same as well? But you could, yes, you can tell that that Tim Burton based his version of Wednesday off of the Wednesday and Adam's family and Adam's family values, because like I did see this comparison on TikTok. Somebody was saying that apparently there's a complaint that Wednesday is supposed to be a happy character, yeah, and they're basing that off of the 1950s or 60s, whenever it came out. I think it might have been the 60s uh, sitcom, and yes, that little girl was like more smiley and and stuff like that, but that's because. Um, the TV censors at the time made them lighten the show up from Charles Adams comics yeah. and wouldn't allow them to portray them as dark as they were. And then in, and, uh, Sari, uh, let's see, I, let's see, I can't remember the guy's name, uh, Sonnenfield or Barry Sonnenfield who did the directing for the, you know, the Adams family, Adams family values in the nineties took them back to the roots as far as the darkness. And Tim Burton's playing off of that more than he is, yeah. you know, the original show. What? <laughs> so surprised. <laughs> All right, let's move on just a little bit. I don't think we'll have a lot to say about this, but uh, Victor Dor- Dorobantu as Thing. Yeah. Now, the only thing I have to say is, do you think it was just as expensive to put him in a green suit, I imagine is what they did, and edit uh, everything? Green or blue. That's another bit of trivia I think I've picked up along the way. Okay. Depending on if it was a daytime scene, it had to be blue because there's more blue light filtering in. So that that played better. Okay. Um, And so they had to edit everything around him. How much more or less do you think it would have been if they had did CGI on hand? Although I appreciate the real hand being used. Um, I think it would have been a way worse show, not in the sense of, if you're talking about budget, it would probably cost him the same, but the reason I included him in this and gave him second billing is there is so much conveyed by him mm-hmm. with just his fucking just hands. Just his fucking hand. Like, <laughs> I mean, the, the way that, I mean, it, it, and you would not have got not got any of that if it would have been like from a CGI rendition. There's no way they could have animated that well enough to give you like, you know, he's sad, he's happy. I mean, they could have tried, but I mean, you're talking about Netflix budget. They, I mean, even on Disney's multi million dollar budget, they have some of the shittiest CGI out there in some of their most recent Marvel movies and they couldn't have pulled this off if they tried it. So Netflix definitely couldn't have. Do you think that Victor uh, Dorabantu is like from... <laughs> oh my god, Zoolander, he's a male hand model. <laughs> I, I, if I remember right, I want to say that somebody and, th- and this this is me speaking completely off the cuff. This is just a random thing that I heard. But I want to say that th- that they picked him up wherever they were filming at, whatever country it was. It's like I don't I can't remember which one it was now. It wasn't Romania, but I want to say it was like it was definitely, you know, like a European country like 
Did he freeze? Yep. Burton in red is casting him. It's local to whatever area they're from. Um, just a heads up. Internet froze for like a, a good chunk of that. What you were just saying about Victor. Reverend, can you hear us? Uh, is it back now? It's back. I mean, you were breaking up for a second. Yeah, it's back now. <laughs> okay. What I was saying is, is that whatever, whatever area that they were filming in, and it was like some European country, if I remember right, that Tim Burton found uh, Victor as like a street magician. And like just, and it was the use of his hands and his magician work oh, that, that made Tim Burton like cast him as the part. So that's, that's where that all came in. He could, you know, he could tell just by the movement of his hands that it worked damn uh i because i i mean i'm glad you included that trivia because i was wondering like okay is this guy uh is he uh someone that does asl does he do sign language you know like you know how you have those concert people that are just sitting there (laughs) (laughs) interpreting i don't know yeah like, well, I mean, obviously they're going to teach him how to how to do sign language for some things because I know that they did do a little bit of that. It looks like they also did a little bit of Morse code. Um, if you if you really want to see something funny, try to watch the ASL interpreter for uh, when she's doing WAP. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking horrible. But, hey, she was on it, too. Yeah, I she, like how, she got in there. I like how everybody, like, she's just a normal-looking, like, white woman. Like, she's a little bit thicker, whatever. But everyone was like, dude, she hot. Like, she thick. <laughs> like, she's just literally up there doing her job, guys. Not even trying to be anything like Cardi B or whatever. Um, <laughs> moving forward to uh, someone who uh, would everyone would like to know if she has a WAP or not. Uh, Gwendolyn Christie. Uh, who plays Larissa Weems, giant woman. Thanks for clarifying that for us. She was yep. giving off uh, uh, Lady Dimitrescu, whatever. Yeah, I feel Vibes. like they were definitely tapping into some Resident Evil 8 connections there with, with how her portrayal was in this, like I, down to the bright red lips and all that stuff. Yeah, the white hair, the white skin, uh, red lips. Uh, they did not uh, bring the boobs into the into the equation, though. No, they, they did not. They didn't enhance those. Uh, but, yes, they definitely – now, did – okay, I know she's a large woman. I think she's 6'4", I want to say. Um. Somewhere around there, she's above six feet. <laughs> it's it's made even yeah, you're right. But I mean, it's made even worse because they've literally cast her opposite the shortest women in existence, Jenna Ortega, Christina Rich, Ricci. It's like I mean, these women are super short, and like she just stands out even more so in, in comparison to them. You know what? I just thought of something too. Anytime she's in the presence of the men, they're usually sitting down, or she's sitting down. Jenna Ortega is? No, uh, Gwendolyn no. Christie. Yeah. Oh, that tall. Yeah. Because they I, they want to portray her. I can understand that because I'm like, did they make her bigger than life? But I know she's really tall, so there's also that. I don't think they did. I think they just cast her with short women, and then they set the scenes so that she always looks bigger than everyone, or she's sitting down so you can't determine the size. Yeah, it's kind of like a forced perspective type thing. They either had her in the foreground or they had, you know, uh, when she was with some, you know, some of the men actors, uh, you know, or, you know, with the females, it was a lot of them were short anyway. So they really didn't have to do a whole lot in those cases. Yeah. Oh, my God. Anyways, uh, Gwendolyn Christie uh, was in the Sandman series. 
Uh, Game of Thrones, if you didn't know. I did not know she was in Star Wars. Good, the Sandman series. Oh, my God. That kind of started out good, then went sideways. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I fit... As good as I did appreciate the fact that they made her an androgynous Lucifer because it kind of plays on the whole thing that he's supposed to be a beautiful, you know, creation and all that. So giving him feminine, you know, looks or whatever did. But the farther that series got along, the more androgynous characters they introduced. It totally, if nothing else, it made her casting less special just because it's like, okay, so how many androgynous people are in this fucking show? Like, seriously. Yeah. I mean, you know. Big time. <laughs> um but yeah uh i think that if they you think they would make a resident evil village movie you think they'd cast Gwendolyn christie should be i believe prime, at this point they yeah, would should be the prime vampire character <laughs> yeah yep get those knockers out uh, uh seven and eight in star wars she was uh captain phasma the you know the one in the silver uh stormtrooper outfit up. you didn't know that i did not know that <laughs> Totally wasted in both movies. You thought they I were know. bringing her back in eight and they were going to do something major with her. And it's like, no, she does the exact same way she did in the first one. Just wow. You know, great. That <laughs> fucking sucks. Yeah. No wonder I didn't even notice because Captain Phasma. Those, those I was sequels not... all suck in retrospect. They're well, horrible. Understandably, but like I just, it, 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 it Captain Phasma, w- w- was she supposed to stand out? Because she didn't. Her character uh, had more story. They cut a lot of it. Well, it, it, I know in comics, Captain Phasma has a way better fucking arc, but. Uh, they also gave her own book, and she got quite a bit of development in that. But, yeah, they that was uh, 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 Kathleen Kennedy's big uh, oopsie, as it were, uh, and bad play. Like, they anticipated that most of the audience would, like, delve into, like, the extended media to pick up on all the stories for the characters. And, A, that never happens. And, B, especially not for Star Wars. I mean, most of your fans of those movies are just normies. They're not, like, super geeks that go and, like, look into everything. You're talking about a minute portion of your audience, like, you know, you know, you know, like uh, on uh, in the back of the tank, you know, crew that might go and like read into this stuff. But like, I even consider myself normie. I don't. I mean, I read maybe one of those books in the sequel, you know, uh, series. And even with that, it wasn't even part of the the sequel series. The only one I read was um, I want to say it was the backstory to the characters off of Rebels because I really liked that series they did, the, yeah. the animated series. Good lord, I look at. I'll say it just like I, I, I said it on the back to tank. So I'm already on air having said this. So I won't back down from it because I have no intention of it. But Kathleen Kennedy needs to go back to making rom-coms and she or she needs to start serving coffee to the to the other execs because she is she is tearing Star Wars apart. Tearing the yeah, Star apart. They should have handled that that whole thing. Another tangent, but they should have gave that to Dave Filoni. They should have allowed oh, him. To uh, have picked up and, and ran with the extended universe stuff. Filoni and Favreau, I think together they they do good. Favreau can't be in the writing room though; he can't write and direct. It's got to be one or the other. Well, that I would say that's with a lot of directors. I mean, honestly, yeah. now, I mean, but yeah, put them together, and what do you got? Uh, Christina Ritchie. <laughs> that's not what you got, but she's next. Um, I don't know why I didn't recognize her at first in this. Am I the only one? No, you guys recognized her. I know you did. Yeah, I thought her character yeah. was actually really good. I loved her character. Um, 
I, the one thing I did, here's, here's something. She was great. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But two things. As soon as I saw her, I knew there was something up with her because of the way they positioned her in the show. So her reveal at the end of it was totally, you know, spoiled <laughs> for me just because as soon as I saw her, I'm like, she's there for, I mean, in that position for very specific reason. Like, I mean, being that close to Wednesday, being her teacher, like, you know, and the fact that she's also like the dorm mother and like, you know, in her life that way, I was like, this is a total setup. So I saw that way. And it's, I mean, I didn't get the big reveal at the end. Like some people might have, I was just like, yep, I kind of figured that. But, um, the other thing is I don't feel like they utilized her, uh, that well in this show, honestly. Yeah, I think, but is that a, I want to see more of her because I'm a fan because of how amazing she's been in a lot of things? I think that's part of it, but also, like, she's, the, the I mean, and, well, actually, it's probably most of it, but I was sitting there, to me, it's like, you've got a great actress in her, yes. and you you used her for bit parts and, like, little you know, like basically just uh, in between scenes more than anything. And they, I feel like they didn't get, I mean, she could have done so much more. And, but I don't know if the trivia on her was they brought her in at like the last minute before the show actually started filming. So I don't feel like they had time to develop her. And that's Mm -mm. part of the problem. It was probably already written and it was like, you know, let's bring her in. This would be great. Uh, I did get the big reveal. I didn't see through however you saw and was like, oh, she's here for you know whatever. I the only thing I didn't like, I I I I didn't like her wig. I liked her hair because I think the style could have been cute, but I felt like that was an obvious wig. Uh, she looked like yeah. Sam at the end of <laughs> <laughs> Supernatural. For Supernatural fans out there, that wig that Sam wore at the very last episode of Supernatural, and he's supposed to be an old man. Whoo, man, that was bad. <laughs> uh, red hair with bangs, Christina Ritchie is still hot. Look at, at nothing against the hair color or the style. It's just that the wig itself was not. I don't know. She's also playing a crazy ass normie, so maybe that's supposed to tie into that. Maybe she's not supposed to look put together. But for the most part, she kind of looked put together, like that teacher from the Magic School Bus. She kind of had that vibe going on. Yeah, she also had the uh, Miss Trelawney, uh, you know, from Harry Potter vibe going on. But this whole show had, like, yeah, Harry Potter vibes, too. That's true. It did have a lot of that. Uh, Christina Ritchie, if you guys have been under a rock, uh, was in Mo- or is going to be in Monstrous 2022. Excuse me. Is was is going to be? Has that been released? Yeah, it's – yeah, I think it's in – I don't know that if, if it's not been, if it's been released, it's been very like limited release. Like okay. I've not heard anything about it. Same. Uh, Black Snake Moan, which I've always heard amazing things about. Anything, you guys have anything to say about it? I haven't seen it. I know the movie. I'm kind of curious. I, I know the feedback was pretty good about yeah. the movie. I haven't heard anything bad about it. The acting was great on both her and Sam. It's probably one of Sam L's best acting jobs, honestly, and mm-hmm. created some great memes with his wild-eyed old man, you know, look that he had or whatever. But I've only seen, like, bits and scenes from the movie. So yeah, um, he's basically, you know, got her ch- chained up, you know, a black man with, with a chained up little white girl. You know, <laughs> that's that's a setup for a bad situation. <laughs> I mean, in a lot of – but he's doing it because, like, she's uh, – <laughs> He's doing it in the in the context of the movie, I believe, because she's like basically like this drug-addled whore, and he's like trying to like you know basically detox her and and get her away from you know a situation that's about, that's going to get her killed. And I think there might be somebody after her too that he has to deal with. Yeah, um, she is a Death Holler alumni from Sleepy Hollow. If you have not been listening, 
She was in that movie. Uh, Adam's Family and Adam's Family Values. And Casper, which we've also discussed yep. here on Death Holler. Horrible movies. And <laughs> Casper, <laughs> Casper does have a uh, a little cameo from uh, from a Ghostbuster in it. Yes. So there, there's that. Yes. I mean, he actually put on the suit so for that one. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, what else was I going to say? Oh, okay. About go, going to Christine. It's not veering away from her yet. Christina Ricci. Now, I have this stupid fantasy that I think would not work, but could work. Uh, that's how dumb it is. That you think, or how would you feel if they brought her back, but as a completely different character? If they were to, as an anthology type thing, like she kept playing like different characters throughout the series, I would be totally fine with it. Okay. That's see, that's what, that's where I'm at. I'm like, okay, could they, would they, should they, uh, babe, what do you think of that? You know, it'd be a cool idea. I don't know if they could pull it off is to. See, because the series already started, but if they would have had Christina Ricci play the older version of Wednesday, and it's her reflecting on her younger years. That would actually have been cool. And they could have made her like some weird, like weird detective or detective for an actual job, but she remembers on her years growing up that got her into it. Hmm. And they could have used it as a bridging point to show how creepy she is in the future and the, the stuff she went through in the past. I mean, it would take it away from that kind of CW drama that we're getting from Wednesday a little bit that everyone seems to be enjoying still regardless. Because you want to get too hung up on her younger years and you get to see her as more of a twisted adult. So are you saying kind of like a, a weird Christmas story type thing where maybe she's like that could even like she's almost like the narrator or like she's telling. Yes. Like uh, the, she's typing up her own story. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, so you could have did a lot of amazing things with the the idea behind the the character. Tim Burton, because, we're available. Because I think Christina Ricci would have did a good job of re recasting the role as an adult version of her. And you um, could and you could have did a lot with the storyline. You could have made her parents dead, and you and you could have made her finding out what happened and stuff like that. You could have did an awesome weird story arc with that. So yeah, what. Going on what you're saying, yeah, that that's just like <clears throat> sparked a, a thought in my mind that goes along the same thing. So basically, she is the, there. There's something else I've read recently that's doing this, but like basically, she's solving a, or a, a maybe even a, well, what it was a supernatural, the the you know the prequel series, the Winchesters. She's trying to solve a current crime that has links back to her past, and she's having to go back and remember things. To, of her, you know, when she, her time at Nevermore to be able to figure out, you know, to solve the current case that she's got. Yeah, something like that. And that probably was, a way better story than the Winchesters. Probably. I only got like two, three episodes in. I need to go back and watch that. But according to what you're saying, I probably shouldn't. So um, it's, <laughs> it's not a complete waste of time, but it's not like the best use of it either. So it's somewhere in between. It's if you got time and you want to catch it, it's I want to see where it goes, but I don't. Um, I don't have high hopes. Um, yeah, I would like to see more of Christina Ritchie. Uh, fun fact, and you probably got this a little bit, but um, now Jenna Ortega claims, now she knows 
who the original Wednesday Adams is, a.k.a. Christina Ritchie. And I, w- I shouldn't say the original, but from Adams Family. And I'm sure she's taken a lot from that, as well as Tim Burton. But she specifically made it a point not to discuss Wednesday Adams, the previous one, with Christina Ritchie. She's like, I didn't want her to think that's all, that's all she was worth to me. And she didn't <laughs> want... Uh... She didn't want Christina Ricci, not not in the sense that she didn't want the input, but she didn't want Christina Ricci to kind of, you know, give her any kind of, like, coloring to her portrayal of Wednesday, too. So she yeah. didn't want, like, you know, because if she talked to her, then she was she would probably want to take on some of those things in her portrayal, uh, and she wanted to keep it just her own self, like, which is a better idea, in my opinion. Yeah, so, um, I don't know. I thought it was pretty cool. Um that being said, uh, moving forward, we've got Gomez Adams, Louise Guzman, which has been said multiple times by the Reverend and I. I don't know so much what the rest of the Scooby gang has thought, but we, I know, like him as Gomez, and my hubby is not so as enthusiastic about him as no. Gomez. Um. I want to throw in there, uh, mention Cody again, since I think I've already mentioned him. He had, he just told me that he wasn't outside of uh thing, or I don't even know if he mentioned thing outside of, of Jenna Ortega. He didn't, I mean, this is after watching the first episode. He said he wasn't too uh, enthusiastic about any of the other casting choices. So I'm assuming that he's including Luis Guzman in that. And I can, I can see it to a degree because I feel like Luis Guzman's a little too soft-spoken, but Physically, I appreciate the fact that they threw it all the way back to the comics. Yes, yes. And we've mentioned that a few times. Uh, and it, it, there's no there's no saying it, but this is also a different grown-up, older Adams Family. Although, I don't know how old Wednesday was supposed to be in Adams Family values. Uh, I could see that they've completely just, Pubert is just out of the storyline, period. There's no Pubert. <laughs> In this storyline, but this is like an older Morticia and Gomez, so they're also slightly different. They're still passionate about each other, and they're passionate about their children. One thing that I want to throw in there, well, a couple of things. First of all, you mentioned off air, uh, you know, because we discussed the next one up, and I'll hold that discussion on Catherine Zeta-Jones, but uh, something I thought about after we talked about it off air was that this show is Wednesday. It's her. Mm-hmm. It, you're seeing these characters through her. So at her point in her life, this is how she, maybe that's not how they really are. It's her interpretation of how her parents are. That so is true. She yeah. Sees, she's seeing her father as like this soft spoken, you know, like, you know, just constantly like, you know, reaching for Morticia type character. And, you know, uh, and, and maybe that's just her, what, what her father means to her as opposed to what we're, you know, we're, we're seeing the everything from her perspective. Yeah. And he's the only person in the show that can touch her without her recoiling. And it's also, well, and, and the other thing I was going to say, it's, it's his little like pet names. He comes up Well, you can tell that he loves his daughter. Like, oh, I yeah. mean, like the, you know, my little death trap, my little <laughs> scorpion, you know, all the little things that he says. So, I mean, he, it's clearly p- pointing the or painting the picture that he is of the two parents her favorite oh yeah and he's also very uh, very much a softie for his daughter and that's that's pretty that's pretty common um a dad and daughter relationship and a mother-son relationship is completely different as well um 
So, yeah, I, I like how they're kind of, the parents are there. They're big names, but they're kind of kept in the background. Because, again, like mentioned, this is Wednesday. This isn't the Adams family. And I think people kind of forget that a little bit. So, um, this isn't in the notes, but just two, two things I remember about Louise Guzman that I've always enjoyed him playing that, that, uh, head chef in the movie waiting with yes. Ryan Reynolds. If you remember that, I was going to bring the that up. all the time Yeah, <laughs> or the bat, you know, or whatever it is where they're showing their genitals off to each other. It's hilarious. Oh my God. Um, but also in community, because I love that show so much, they have a statue of Louise Guzman because he's their most famous, uh, like graduate. Oh my God. It was a running joke for like years, and then they got him to show up for like one of the episodes later on. And he's like, I love my time here at, you know, Greendale Community. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I did not, I, I didn't make it that far into it. Hasn't, he's been in, he's been in a lot of films. Didn't he? I, okay. Am I wrong? Did he play a vampire in a vampire movie specifically from Dust Till Dawn? He oh. did a younger version of him, though. Okay. Uh, it does not show up in his cast billing for whatever reason. Uh, he's been in a ton of films. I mean, I, I, you know who he is, but you don't, you know? He's he's one of those bit players that yes. like, works in the background to add, you know, color to scenes, but he doesn't really, like, normally get, like, a standout role in anything. You yeah. know what movie I re- that, that I fondly remember him playing that did he did an awesome job? I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's Carlito's Way. Oh, yeah, he's in Carlito's Way. A very young yep. Luis Guzman. That's a hell of a good movie, too. Yeah, I haven't seen it in years. I I, I, I want to say I liked it back in the day, uh, but it wasn't anything that I'm like. I've maybe seen it two or three times, but I'm not. That's rare. <laughs> so, okay, back to the notes. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. Uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones. How are we feeling about her as Morticia? That's the one I do not like in the entire show. I, I've, I've tried. I've tried my best, but I do not like her portrayal of Morticia. Babe? She's not witty. She fills the, the aesthetic role, but she's not that quitty, witty, sharp, cunning type character. She, That's the problem with the, the, it's the same problem with the Gomez characters, the same problem I have with her. Yeah, she aesthetically fills a role, but she's not that witty, sharp, dubious type character. And not that. Let's address the elephant. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. The fact that these people are supposed to be over-the-top murderers and killers. And the moment they're getting brung up around the idea of murder or someone might die around these people, everybody loses their mind. Are they supposed to be murderers or are they supposed to be just into the macabre? Well, if you're into the macabre, you're into murders. Into it doesn't mean you perform it, though. Well, every, every okay. If you look at the arc from the movies and what the characters are, mm-hmm. aren't they all about murder? Isn't Fester like a notorious criminal that's about killing people? They do imply that that he's it's a over criminal the top. Mess, it's yeah. heavy. It's not even faint. It's heavy-handedly applied, implied. And I, I laugh watching this, and it's like you guys are freaking out over murder, and all you can think about is killing each other and and being dead. Like, well, yes, but I'm just it's, saying it's one thing to okay. So I get what you're saying, actually, but hear me out for a minute. But. Just because you're into that, or if you are indeed a murderer, do you want to be accused of murdering someone you didn't murder? 
I, I don't know. And they were also really young when this allegedly happened, so maybe they weren't quite there yet. I just, I, I found it so weird. Like, the schools, the school had a goddamn canoe race where they're trying to kill each other. <laughs> and the moment someone tried to kill somebody, everybody lost their mind. They're not trying to kill each other. They're trying to stop each other from winning. Well, what about when the axe is flung and they had a duck from the axe? Oh, that was hella funny. Okay, then. <laughs> what are we talking about? Oh, man. I mean, I'm just saying, you guys did a, a canoe race. A canoe race, and you try which to kill it. Which is a callback to Adam's family values. I mean, the canoe race is I, for I sure. I know, but it, it's a canoe race. You're not fighting for gold or whatever. It's a canoe race, and you're trying to kill each other. And the moment Wednesday went to try to torture this guy a little bit to get him to turn into the hide, everybody lost their mind. <laughs> what the fuck are we that- doing? That that is a good point. It's like, oh my god, I can't believe you're like this. And it's like, she's literally been trying to kill several and threaten to kill several people up to this point. It's yes. like, what? That that was a very big tonal disconnect in that episode. I'll I'll hundred percent give you that. Um. Okay. So, what is? But, I want to take it back a little bit in the Adams family. I'm gonna go to the movies real quick because I want to give your interpretation of how Morticia was as a mother in the movies. Was she a doting and Tending to her, her mother, was she completely neg- neglectful? How did we feel about her as a mother? I feel like me personally, she loved her kids, but she kind of let them do their own thing. In the movie, she never really loved her kids. They were just her kids. Yes. Okay. And well, this is like, I don't know. And Wednesday <laughs> gives off the vibe in this show that that's the one thing she didn't like about her mom. Her Like her mom, she doesn't want to be like her mom. I know that much, but she it's like typical teenager. Like my mom hates me, you know? My interpretation of the Adams Family movies, you know, that uh, had Angelica Houston, um, is that she loved her children, and but she was m- more of the mother that let them do their own thing and yes. enjoyed seeing them grow on their own. Yes, with in spite of outside of her influence. So, what was um, in Wednesday? What was her main thing against her mom? She had a vendetta against her mom. It was almost like she, in the show, that she viewed her mom as, like, overbearing, like, trying to, uh, you know, mold her in her own image. Um, also, uh, the way, and like I said, if you interpret the show as if this if this is all Wednesday's perspective, she literally shows her mom as just being, like, this weak, like, sexualized person who does, I mean, all she cares about is just, you know, uh, making out with Gomez and, and getting <laughs> filled up. That's literally all she cares about in life. I mean, according to the interpretation in this show. It sounds like a teenage interpretation. I mean, yeah. I mean, and 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 that's the one thing that I'll give you that I appreciate if you look through that lens. But I'm right there with Noah. I, 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 Morticia and every other version of the character has always been more domineering uh, in, in, in other ways, not like yeah. toward her children, but like she's assertive. Like she's, you know, way more than the, the only scene in the show that she gives that off is the scene where uh, when Gomez is like in jail and she's like trying to prove his innocence. Yeah. And then she stands up and then that's whenever Wednesday actually gets respect for her. But I feel like, you know, and that's the only time I gave respect to the character too which is, I guess is a good thing meta-wise, but yeah. it's like that is, that's Morticia. That's how she always is. 
you know, and she's the matriarch of the family. She does not back down. She's mama bear. Like when it comes to her family, like even if she's doesn't, she's hands off with it, with them, you mess with her children. You're, she's going to fucking get a, uh, you know, a poison and you're going to be fucking dead somewhere. Yeah. So do you think, cause I am also in the boat of, I'm still like working on liking, I don't dislike Morticia, but I don't necessarily like her. I'm in this weird purgatory. Uh, I'm, I'm right there. Do yeah. you think that they would, uh, if they were to uh, make her be more assertive, it would be a better character in the show? It's not even assertive. hundred percent. It's not even assertive. It's this underhanded motive where yeah. it's counterproductive to everybody. Where she'll cut fucking cut you? Yeah, but it's not oh it's not overtly blatant, but the intent is definitely there. And you don't get that at all with the with her character in this. Totally off topic. She's, is Catherine Zeta Jones supposed to be Latina in this? Or is she supposed to be like I, a Spaniard? Uh, because the characters are of Mexican Spanish descent. They paint that image, but I don't feel like the character that they got to portray as a, as a teenager looks that way. So I don't know what they're trying to imply with it. And I, and I feel like the, she does not take that pancake white makeup well either. I'm going to throw that out there. I feel like they made Catherine? her look sickly as opposed to, yeah, as opposed to sexy. Like, yeah, uh, you know, she, I agree with you. She, she looks like, you know, she's been in the hospital and just got out, like through most of her scenes. So. Um, yeah, I didn't like the yeah. makeup. I thought it looked so cheap, and I was like, "She's." I know she's older, and I know they. Uh, but they're they trying can, to cover up some imperfections. They yeah. can. I know that they can <laughs> do better. Um, okay, gonna move on now. Fred Armisen, uh, Uncle Fester, uh, very very small role. Do you think that it got the vibe of Uncle Fester across? I mean, we know he's 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 a he's a criminal. They got that across. I. I'm going to go first because we, we've discussed this a little bit, you know, we're in the sense that I, I got Noah's impression and I know he doesn't think exactly this way. So I'm going to throw this out there. I appreciated the role. I, I was, Christopher Lloyd is one of my favorite actors. So, yes. I mean, whenever you talk about Fester, you're going to have to do better than that. And agree. like, and, I agree a hundred percent with that. <laughs> and I was ready to hate, Fred Armisen. I don't like Fred Armisen as an actor, first of all, like mm. in most of his stuff. I mean, he's fine, but like, there's just something off-putting about him. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's just <laughs> like somehow, like some people claim about Tom Cruise when they see him, they, they they don't care what the movie is. They just don't like him as a person, so they don't like the movie. It's a vibe. I feel like that about Fred Armisen. I don't know why, but I do. But I was and I was ready to hate his portrayal. But then whenever I got in there and I saw how he was portraying him as kind of like this weirdo. There's a little bit of deviousness going on behind him because he's always looking for the next, like, you know, way to screw somebody over and, like, you know, just the way, and even the way that he modeled his voice to where it was kind of like this odd, weird, high-pitched thing. I was yeah. like, I dig his take on it. I'm just throwing it out there. I, I do like it. I, I, I like the character. He know, I think out of all the characters, Wednesday got nailed and he got nailed. But Whoa, the problem, they did? I think they did. I, I think they... <laughs> Fred Armistice did a good job of knowing how he was supposed to be. I just don't like Fred Armistice in that role. Okay, that's fair. Okay, <laughs> here's where I'm at with it, and this is going to make you guys laugh, because I don't know if you guys ever played this video game, but I did when I was younger. Did any of you play Fester's Quest? Yes. I yes. don't, for some reason, and as 8-bit as that game was and horrible as it was, the things you had to do in that game reminds me of Fred Armisen in this in this role. A, 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 
a was it was it Fester? I'm sure it was Fester's Quest that I played. It was. It was yeah. Fester's Quest. And <laughs> it just seems like all the all the all the fuckery you had to do, and it just seems like that's what he was kind of doing. He had the Uncle Fester look. He had the Uncle Fester vibe. Uh, he had the fuckery <laughs> behind him. He was doing multiple things, but at the same time, also making time in his fuckery to help Wednesday. So that that's the part I liked best about his portrayal. Like no matter what he was doing, he made sure that he helped out his niece. And yes. that, that fits what I interpret Fester to be like. Yeah. So I, 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 again, I guess I'm with you on the, in the sense that I don't know. I'm not 100%, but I don't know why I'm still not sold. Maybe it's just, maybe it is Fred Armisen, even though I've liked him in other things. Um, I, I, I think he was a bad pick for that role. He did a good job of knowing what yes, that character was supposed to be like. That's true. Out of out of him and out of the, <clears throat> the ensemble they picked for the family, him and the and and the and Jenna Ortega nailed what those characters are supposed to be. The rest of them, I'll even give it the person they get picked to pick they grab the pick Pugsley. I think he nailed the role of what Pugsley was supposed to be. Also, <laughs> he yeah. actually was pretty good. Yeah, I don't think I included him, but yeah. he, he was good for that part. Pretty adorable little kid. Okay, moving um, forward. Oh, go just, ahead. I'll, just one last thing. If if I'm right, isn't Fred Armisen the guy who plays the the scuzzy uh, Italian dude that's on in, in Euro Trip? That's like a scoozy, a scoozy. Isn't he that guy? Yes, I'm pretty sure <laughs> he is. I did not know. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. Uh, Ricky Lindholm, uh, who plays Dr. Valerie Kinbot. I thought she was the, I thought she was Christina Ritchie's character. I felt, well, I thought that for like maybe a, when they, for a split second. And then <clears> I was just like, no, no, she's, I mean, because they're making it too obvious with her being like in the role of, you know, the, the counselor and all that stuff. I was like, you know, Kristen Ricci's like, has got way more involvement in her in Wednesday's life than this bitch does. I'll tell you what I was basing it off of. I was basing it off of the fact that she's playing a psychiatrist, but she could be psycho herself. Uh, but off of the painting that was in the home that they were in, uh, when they were, it was, I forget what house it was. The it wasn't the key house. Was it? I don't know why I'm thinking key house. I, I'm not lock and key, but whatever the house that they were in that, uh, when they were kind of trying to find stuff out and they found a room in perfect condition. Um, Oh yeah. And the, the Thorpe manor or whatever. Yes, yeah. There was a painting and there was a girl in that painting and I couldn't tell who it was. So I just immediately assumed it was, you know, of Dr. Valerie, if you will. And it could have easily have been uh, Christina Ritchie's character because she's wearing a fucking wig. So that was that was the one scene that that made me doubt myself was that. And I think that's the exact reason they threw it in there. Yes. To kind of throw you off your trail. Yeah, because it was also a younger version of her. So, you know, wasn't going to look exactly like the characters look now. Now. This is based on another YouTuber's video that I happened to see before we we did this. Um, they he mentioned, and I think this would have been brilliant because they they were doing so many callbacks in the in the episode where they have to go to the Pilgrim, uh, oh, yeah. you know, reservation or whatever or whatever you know recreation that they've got. That the woman who was giving Wednesday all the shit about like you've got to do this, you got to do that, mm -hmm. should have been like the adult actress who played the blonde-haired girl, you know, from when Wednesday went to camp and Adam's family. Oh values. yeah, that, that would have been brilliant if it was. And and he mentioned that it looked like she got out of acting, you know, uh, years ago. So that's the reason it probably wasn't her. 
But I think that Dr. Valerie Kenbach could have also been that actress if she yeah. was still in acting and that would have worked because she's all the time, you know, like just basically, you know, pissing Wednesday off. So that would have been brilliant if they would have got like that actress that was, you know, like the one that she hated so bad at that camp. That is our uh, Adam's Family Values is our official uh, Thanksgiving uh, movie to watch now. <laughs> Eat me. <laughs> Oh, I'm a turkey. Oh, God. Uh, Emma Myers, who plays Ina Sinclair, a uh, little uh, Wolverine enthusiast, if you will. Yeah. Um, I thought... She's she's one of the few uh, schoolmates that I could tolerate just because I get where they were going with her. They were yes. making her all bright and cheery to offset Wednesday, so... Yes, which, was, which is fucking hilarious. Uh, it worked. I can't believe the age of some of these characters. They look so fucking young. They're in their well, 20s. How old is that actress? Because she, she looked, I mean, she did look like she should have been that age. She's either 20 or 22. Oh, my God. They're all yeah, in their 20s. Yeah. The oldest actor, I'm going to skip just a little bit, is Hunter Doohan, who played the bad guy boyfriend, if you will, the the monster. Uh, he's 28, and he looks like he's 17. Yeah, that's true. Uh were you all disappointed since we we jumped ahead to him uh, that he ended up being the bad guy? Because I kept, I was like, don't go that trope. Don't make the one normie guy that she falls in love with, kind of the blue collar guy in town, be the bad guy. Like, don't, because it was, it, I feel like this is in, I mean, this is this the hang up I have. It goes all the way back to being forced to read fucking Wuthering Heights, which <laughs> both of those characters were rich that the character was supposed to be in love with. But every time that they show two characters in a, in a movie that a woman's pining for, it never fails that the rich, you know, uh, dark brooding guy is the one that she should go for, oh, yeah. uh, you know, according to the film, because the blue collar guy ends up being like some psychopath or something. It, I mean, that's a Hollywood thing. I know for sure that they're there. That's some, it's a bias and like probably an agenda they have, but I just, I was hoping this one time it's like, cause Hollywood's all about like, well, we're all for the working man and all that. But every, I mean, this guy, he was like earning, I mean, he'd lost, he didn't have, his dad was a sheriff, didn't make a whole lot of money. His mom was dead. Um, he was, uh, you know, earning his wages by like working as a, you know, at a, basically at a little diner somewhere serving coffee and, you know, and then, so you'd think that like, you know, I mean, I, I like the setup they had there. And when I saw the tur the pivot start to happen, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. So the, the rich artsy guys, the one that they're, they're putting as the one she should have went after. Great. <laughs> yeah. That, and she does kind of say he's kind of a rich asshole. You know, the only reason is the reason that works is it has not implied that she has fallen for the rich artsy guy. I, you know, I guess you can imply that maybe in the future she might, um, but she hasn't shown any interest in that guy. And she said, of course, the one guy that I do fall for would end up being the psychotic one, you know, and that is very Wednesday of her. So yeah. I guess that's the only reason it worked. I knew that was the only thing in this show that I knew what was going to happen. And I think I attribute it to uh, me dreaming the show uh, while, while <laughs> Noah was watching it, because I think I might've maybe witnessed it while sleeping. It's hard to say, but I knew he was the bad guy. The funny thing is, mm. is that the Wednesday of those, uh, those movies that we talked about since it was, you know, and we, we talked about this earlier, she would have probably still went for him even after all that, and probably because of that stuff. Yes, yes. Because she'd be like, oh, you like to kill people, and, you know, you uh, you seem normal on the surface like a serial killer. 
she would be into that. I'm sorry, but that she would she would be even more hardcore for him at that point. <laughs> Quite possibly. Now, killing for just fun, maybe killing someone that deserved it because she did not seem okay with the fact that he's killing innocent people. Um. Well, yeah, that's true. But I mean, at the same time, I feel like you know. I don't know the Wednesday, the Wednesday they paint in the movies is, I mean, she, she loves to torture and, you know, just regular normies herself. So yeah. I, I don't know. I, this is a different interpretation of course, but um, right. it's just interesting to see the comparison between the two of them. Yes. All right. We're going to blast through the last few. Um, Musa Mustafa, the only actual child in the show, aside from Pugsley. Uh, and he's given the creepiest sexual line of the yes. entire show. Oh my God, uh, Eugene! He played Eugene Odinger, and he is uh, only thirteen years old in real life. So I did talking not talking about his big smoker that he wants somebody to handle for him. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Percy Hines, uh, Xavier Thorpe, who plays the that's the that's the rich, uh, rich brooding, yeah, artsy guy. He they only they threw me for a slight loop with him, and I this was intentional. The fact that they showed that whatever he draws can become animated so i thought for a good chunk of the show that he was animating the monster yeah which is which i is, think what they were hinting at i, you know? I liked that uh joyce sunday the uh the character that tim burton cast only to be racist because he is because he made her the black uh token black enemy yep. yes token uh, black. he made her the black bully and, and now tim burton is racist so <laughs> Do it all along. And then also, uh, last but not least, uh, Jamie McShane, who played Sheriff Kelpin. Um, yeah, I don't know. Which I, I, he's not been in a whole lot, but I thought it was funny. He he does the voice acting in a, a Zombieland video game, and he plays Tallahassee in that, which oh I can kind of half see that, you know, like him doing a Woody Harrelson impersonation. So um, in terms of his character, I get the feeling, I get the vibe that he's one of those, my child is a good child. Like he, he wouldn't hurt anybody. Like, you know, my, my, my boy's a good boy, you know, the, he seemed to me like a straight up, I mean, this is a trope character, but there is a, if you ever watch the MTV version of Teen Wolf, which is actually not bad for a couple of its seasons, uh, it, it got stupid after that, like a lot of their stuff. But um, there was a character that was the the main protagonist's girlfriend's dad uh, is, you know, kind of like this uh, gruff, you know, like you know, militaristic type character. Turns out he's like a were- from a long line of werewolf hunters, and you know that sets up the whole thing in the show. But Jamie McShane gave me that vibe because he's like, you know, the, you know, the gruff, you know, authoritarian figure that's yeah. like pushing back against, you know, Wednesday and her, you know, investigations and all that. So I got a lot of similarities between those two characters. Yeah, I don't know. All right, let's move into the episodes. Uh, the, um, the names of yeah, each episode, ahead. fucking hilarious. Everything has woe in it, I, I think. That, actually, now that you say that. I hated that. Every time it would pop up, I'm like... <laughs> I loved it. I was like, you could make some other references that would be as witty, but the woe thing has got tired after two episodes in. Are you saying go woe, <laughs> go bro? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically is what I'm saying. Oh, my God. I loved it. So, but that's just the Enid in me, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Wednesday's Child is Full of Woe is our first character. Um 
Wednesday's child. She was born on a Wednesday. I don't know. I don't know if that has any. No, she was not born on a Wednesday, huh? She was born on Friday the 13th. Yeah. They, I, uh, it, something about, let's see. Uh, yeah, that, she was named after like Wednesday's child is full of woe or something. Oh, it was it's a, a, it's a poem. Like some poem, poem or something. Yes. From uh, her favorite poem about some murderess or something. I don't know. Anyways, synopsis. When a deliciously wicked prank gets Wednesday expelled, her parents ship her off to Nevermore Academy, the boarding school where they fell in love. I don't know. I mean, I guess it works in the first scene. I I mean, not first scene. The first sh- episode. I particularly liked the piranha prank. Um I, I, I loved it. Yeah. Uh, that that was good tiebacks to the Wednesday of the movies. Yes. That That's the type of thing she would do. But why would these parents put their kids in a regular school? And why did they leave? I don't understand why they left Pugsley there. Do you Pugsley understand there. where we get into inconsistencies? <laughs> I don't know if it's an inconsistency. I almost feel like... Uh, I don't know. I, I almost feel like to me in my head canon, although it was never explained in the show, you know how they, you know, in the movies, they, they hinted that like the local town was kind of forcing uh, them out of homeschooling at one point or something and, and was threatening. The, I mean, it, or it was something implied like that. It's okay. like, you can't keep your, you know, so I almost feel like they went along that, that, that thread is like, okay, they had to go to school. They couldn't be taught at home by granny Frump. So they, you know, they put them in, you know, the local school because they were forced to, but why they didn't send them to Nevermore instead. That's the question. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. And if Pugsley was getting picked on, I mean, he's likely not going to get picked on ever again after what Wednesday pulled, but if he's getting picked on, and I know you can't just pull your kid out of school. I get that, but like, hold on. How How about this? What's Pugsley a specialist in? Oh, fucking explosives. Tons of violent stuff. You're going to tell me? Usually explode. Yeah. (laughs) But you're going to tell me this kid can't figure a way to rig something up? Like, do you understand? Like, these kids specialize in causing damage to people and things. Well, not only. And they were getting taught. They were getting taught by both their parents and their uncle in how to murder and torture (laughs) people. Like, let's not. Throw that, throw that out there. I mean, because that is a plot point. I mean, that's why my my biggest issue that I take with the people who are trying to claim that Wednesday is a Mary Sue, she is presented as that, but there is lore reasons for that. Because if you watch the various or read the various versions of her, she was taught how to, you know, uh, use a rapier, you know, fencing by her by her parent, her dad in particular. Um, you know, she was uh, taught how to play the cello, <clears throat> probably by Morticia. Um, and you know, and, and on and on and on, like she learned, I mean, a lot of her skills and like being able to break into places was from Fester. So, I mean, these kids were taught, you know, how to deal with shit like this. Wait a second. Aren't we teaching our kids how to play with explosives and stuff like that? (laughs) Haven't our kids not witnessed this? Oh God, (coughs) what are we doing? I'm just, there's some major inconsistencies. Okay, well, and here's another big inconsistency. So this is an issue we have with the show again. I don't think I need to, I, I'm not going to even say it at this point, but I am going to say an inconsistency. Um, Pugsley's out of school. He's technically 10 or 11 in this. Well, in real life, he's 10. In the show, he's 10 to through 12. Why is he at a high school? Wednesday's in high school. What what is he? How is he getting shoved in a locker? He's he's he should be at best junior high, which I know they can mix those sometimes. 
it's rare though. Usually they mix junior high with elementary. True. Yes. So that's that. Um, so I don't know that that was episode one. It does. We do get a little building, a teeny tiny bit of building for Wednesday. I mean, we get right off the bat. We get how how violent she could be. I felt like at Nevermore Academy, she could be violent though and be herself without, you know, so much the repercussions. But then they don't imply that because the teacher or the principal, when she goes in, is oh, I we made an exception to get you in. You know, I. That's the some of the things that don't make any sense to me. I mean, you've got like their alumni is their the biggest well known alumni is Edgar Allan Poe, fucked in the head, you know, in reality. I mean, you know, so I mean, very dark. So I mean, you would think that a character like Wednesday, who's basically Poe 2.0, would fit in perfectly fine in such a you know environment. And then you know they're like, oh well, you you're just too strange for us. It's like, what are you talking about? Like what? Are these lighthearted monsters that you, you know, like, I, I don't understand what they're trying to imply by that. Yeah. Is this the episode, <laughs> too, where she does have a fence, a fence off with, uh, well. Bianca, yes. Bianca. And yes. she she gets defeated. She thought she was just going to go in and whoop someone's ass. She didn't. Um, and I think that was a good part of the story, that it, it does take away from the Mary Sue. It it does help with that, and it, and and they do give enough of her standing her own to where she doesn't look like she totally just you know got was out of realm when she attempted that. But, yeah. Um, I think for an intro episode and for a pilot, if as it were, this was great. I I was invested in this oh, episode yes. pretty heavily. Yes. So from episode one, um, episode two, woe is the loneliest number. I'm sorry, you're gonna hear every. <laughs> <laughs> title it's it's like nails on a chalkboard every time oh i love it <laughs> the sheriff questions wednesday about the night's strange happenings wednesday faces off a against a fierce rival in the cutthroat poe cup race this is fast i thought this was later on in the in the series no it's it's right off the bat and um i i do like that now the thing that threw me on this episode and i had to go back and rewatch it was uh i i was apparently because it's so quick you'll miss it especially if you're not paying super attention to it well literally before the credits roll they re they introduced the fact that the or what it looks like the fact that the character who died right at the end of the previous episode which that's a good way to end a, yes. a pilot episode is on a cliffhanger but he just walks out of the school like nothing happened. And I'm like, what? I was like, I looked at my wife and I was like, did they explain that anywhere? Like I had to go back and rewatch it to figure out and like, no, that's part of the show. Yeah. Um, and we're talking about, well, he didn't have a big role in the show, but they made it big at the beginning. This was the kid that uh, attacked Wednesday at the, um, was it the end of the first episode? Yeah, he had the uh, very much the carry vibes, the you know throwing her against the tree and like force choking her or whatever. Yes, gave her the good old force choke. I bet you she liked that. Um, and then <laughs> <laughs> really, <laughs> and then uh, uh, he basically lets her know that she's some kind. Of, he's almost like a doom prophet. He is, yes. Yeah, he's a yes. kind of doom prophet. He sees her. She's going to be the demise of the school. So I, I had he, to throw and, that out there. I, and I did like that from the first episode, now that you mentioned it, the whole, like, they had that drawing that was, you know, from, like, 30 years prior at least mm -hmm. where it showed her and the, you know. Um, the pilgrim guy. His, the pilgrim guy. I can't remember his name now. But anyways. John uh, Smith. Uh, <laughs> it was John yeah, the one Smith, from the Disney it? cartoon. Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> 
but yeah, they, uh, they, that was the one thing though, that I just rolled my eyes at. I'm like, really the pilgrim, witch thing, which is even worse than the next episode we're going to talk about. Look, <laughs> I, I, I almost checked out of the show when I saw it. I'm like, how, how old and, and, and road is this going back to that shit? Like there is so many other things you could have done creatively besides the whole, I mean, and, and I think it's partially because, you know, we, we discussed Hocus Pocus too. And it, you know, the, of course that would be based on that. Cause that's what the original was but i don't know it just hit me wrong and i'm just like i'm over this i'm tired of the pilgrims were bad you know blah 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 the witches of salem i mean create new monsters guys come on it does remind me it does remind me of adam's family values though where we have pocahontas and sarah goody yeah and I'm like, did Tim Burton take like a snapshot of that film and was like, oh my God, let's make this be the ultimate showdown. Because <laughs> that's got to be what happened. But it wasn't Sarah Goody this time. No, it was uh, what, Goody Adams? Which, Goody Adams. Ex- now explain something to me. We're jumping ahead technically the third episode by discussing this, but um, it doesn't really matter in the scheme of things. Yes. Uh, did did it strike you all as weird that they created a Hispanic pilgrim? Um, I that that was I mean that even more so. I was like scratching my head. I'm like, you're going for diversity pretty hard here by going that route. I mean, if you're going to cast a Salem esque plot, then at least make them you know you know Western European. Um. That's yeah. I mean, it, it does. They didn't, didn't even they it, didn't even go the route of making her. To my knowledge, now you can correct me, and if because I might have missed this, they didn't even paint her as a Spaniard. They painted her as a you know South American, yeah. or, or at least you know Mexican. Yeah, because her know, mom was hardcore heritage. Mexican. And now that I yeah. think about it, because okay, but the problem, the okay, the confusing thing, and the, again, consistency, we've talked about it, is that she had. I mean, I know Spaniards and and Hispanics have blonde hair. That they they make us in those colors too, but she came off very white to me. Um, <laughs> yes. But then now that I think about it, her mom was not white. Um, no, not not whatsoever at all. So, oh my god. Okay, I didn't even think about that, and now I'm thinking about it, and um. It really bothered me whenever they said that she's an, I mean, it's one thing, I mean, cause to me, I, you know, my first thought seeing the Adams and even if they wanted to go and whenever I first saw Goody was that, okay, you know, some, you know, Hispanic heritage got introduced later. That happens all the time in America, you know, melting pot, all that. That's, yeah. that's all well and good. But then to them to go ahead and say, no, she was a Latina. I was like, oh God, now you fucked up. You that know what would have, would have absolutely would have worked is if uh, Sarah Goody was like the creation of <laughs> creation. Like she's a fucking monster. <laughs> if she was like, um, you know, part Indian, part uh, um, European. That would have worked, yes. Yeah. I would I would have not even batted an eye at that because, I mean, the amount of, uh, you know, people, especially in Appalachia, who, you know, can actually legitimately claim that they have Native American ancestry is, is up there because, I mean, they were together. I mean, yes. it's going to happen. So That would but, have made more sense. And the mom could have passed off as Native American, but they didn't really go that route. They gave her a Hispanic accent and, like. I, it don't make. But anyway, grab the sack uh, of beans and go. Um, let's talk about the uh, we want to go back to episode two because we cannot discuss the uh, cutthroat poke up race where my husband discusses them trying to murder each other. And of course, the adorable little Wednesday in a cat. Suit. And her, which is 
well, as pointed out by that YouTuber <laughs> I was listening to, modeled off of Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman costume. Uh, it's a throwback to that from uh, Batman Returns. Yeah. Um, you don't want to sexualize a 16-year-old goth girl who's already, you know, I mean, uh, it's something about goth girls. They, they're they they're outside of the regular, so they're attractive just for that. But then you got, you throw them in a cat suit and you're not yeah. sexualizing them. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, uh, but she uh, she looked adorable. I, I, they actually all looked cute in the cat suit. Enid too. So uh, did, I mean, yeah, they're all they're all twenty year old girls. <laughs> oh my god! Um, I, what I thought was really funny was the Harry Potter connections are so heavy in this episode yes! because it reminded me of that uh, of the the Goblet of Fire, like oh, you know, yeah. even the, the siren shit. Because I mean that that was one of the big plot points. Oh, he yeah. had to go down there and rescue you know one of his friends from sirens. Oh my god! Yes. Okay. And I'm not. A, I I watched that in Harry Potter. I have not. I I couldn't put the Harry Potter movies together. I've only seen a few of them and. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan. Not, I, I like them. I'm just not a, a good fan, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm a, a fair weather fan when it comes to Harry Potter. Uh, f- episode three, which we've kind of already discussed, which was friend or woe. Wednesday stumbles on a secret society. Oh my god, that was. Oh god, during outreach day, um, Nevermore outcasts mingle with Jericho's normies in per- and Pilgrim World. So. Basically, uh, Nevermore Academy is kind of an outcast school. Everyone's weary of this school to the point where people warn don't even like jog around the school. They think that everybody there is murderous. But yet they have this outreach day where they all kind of get together and mingle. It's like, I, I don't know. It's like introducing minor minorities to white people. I don't. What are you talking well, about? There's a black pilgrim. Yes, there was a black pilgrim. Yeah, there was like, a black pilgrim, which is getting a lot of shit on the internet. By yeah. the way, yeah, it's like, I didn't know. Yeah, that's tone deaf. Like, who thought that was gonna fly? <laughs> um, well, I mean, even if you're trying to do that in the the name of diversity, I mean, you're casting. You know, I mean, <laughs> it, it it goes. <laughs> It goes the route of, I mean, you know, the, the people who argue for diversity, they, they always argue that you paint the diverse people in a positive light, which is, you know, I mean, if you want true diversity, there's got to be bad guys from yeah. all groups. But well, regardless that. of that, I mean, you know, but those same people, they never like to see the reverse hires in a bad, in, in a uh, enemy or villain role. So that right there was a bad decision on everybody's behalf if that's who they were trying to uh, cater to. But this, how about the fact, let's just be honest, if there was a black person in the Pilgrim community back then, guess what? He probably would have been grabbing the corn off the fucking stocks. Like, uh, he he would have been uh, probably cleaning out the uh, pig shit, if nothing else. Yeah, yes. he, he would have been whatever they tell him to do. Yeah. Um, so, um, and, and somebody, and, and somebody pointed out, I think that one guy I was watching to, or watching the YouTube video for pointed out a very good point in this episode, how weird it was that, um, uh, a uh, principal Weems is, uh, deliberately helped funding this event. Oh, even yes. though that their school of outcasts was tortured and killed by the pilgrims kind of weird yeah i mean yeah I, I but it's at the end of the day it's all politics it's how that is how politics is but i i that thought is. i thought that thing that wednesday did uh setting that thing on fire then playing the the mute to her cello was pretty awesome oh yeah that that was pretty cool is that okay um, did she learn how to play that she learned how to play a song 
but I don't know which one she played. That might have been it, where she was, um, yeah, the where where the fire was for the guy. I think that's the song she learned how to play in real life. Um, speaking of which, I don't know which episode it was, but uh, whichever episode she plays Paint It Black on the cello, mm-hmm. love it. Yes. Love, love that rendition, and... Uh, Nothing else matters by Metallica. When oh yeah, cello playing that—that that is awesome. Yeah, you know? I heard. I heard that. I was like, really, Metallica? I mean, pretty, pretty <laughs> cool. Obviously, um, I've been listening to uh, rock songs on cello for a minute. Uh, thank you, Pandora, for just randomly playing that shit uh, one day. And I d- shut up, Pepe. <laughs> oh my God! What the hell? She wants, she wants attention. Nona's not here. Little little Lucifina is not here to tame the the evil cat beast. So, anyways, um, um, <clears throat> yes. Uh, sorry, I wanted to I wanted to talk I, about something on Sunday. I, I was just gonna say really quick. I think the reason that I hated. I mean, this is the episode I hated the most of the entire series. Really? I literally slept through most of it. Yes, <laughs> I thought it was funny. Um, and I think the, it's it's not just the inconsistencies with some of the characters like the Black Pilgrim, you know, that you know Mexican Pilgrim that or, or you know that that was the witch. named Goody Adams. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it to me it was also the wokest episode, and I have to throw that out there. I have to. I mean that I know that that Wednesday and Adams Family Values, which this whole episode was based on, clearly, yeah, uh, had a woke moment. It, even back in the nineteen, you know, early or nineteen ninety two, ninety three, whenever they came out, you know, there that that movie did have that moment where she was talking about how the Pilgrims, you know, the standard, you know, line about how they uh, they used the the Indians and all that. Okay, but. Uh, they went beyond that in this. They were talking about the uh, the awful way that uh, people are abused in the uh, farming of chocolate in one episode uh-huh. or in one part of the episode. Uh, I mean, it was just one thing after another. I mean, I literally, my eyes almost rolled in the back of my head. I'm like, come on, stop, please. I don't need this. I don't need to be lectured to. Did your eyes do a 360? You know, my, my, my entertainment. <laughs> okay, here's the, I see that stuff because I feel like at this point you're going to get it and you can choose, you know, well, actually you don't know if it's going to happen. So sometimes you just can't choose not to watch it. You can choose to not continue to watch it. And they, they, it's like they, they go there and then they dial it back uh, in this. Um, So I did notice at least that, but I think with it, I was like, oh yeah, I see what they're trying to do that message. And I just kick that dirt off my shoulder because I was like, whatever, moving forward. I don't care about that, you know, and then that's okay, fine. I'm an asshole, but that's just, I was like, okay, let's get to the good stuff. It's just, I I mean, I I kept watching the show in spite of it because I liked what they were doing around the show. It's just like, I saw that and I'm like, you know, you could have a really entertaining show and you could tackle these issues in a more subtle way that would actually get the point across. Cause that's when they say the left can't meme, that's the exact thing they're talking about that because their entertainment's the same way. The memes that, that the left put out are always like, I'm going to give you an entire box of text telling you, you know, exactly what my thoughts are on this subject. Whereas like the right, when they meme, it's like a picture with a funny joke. That's got like the, like a really subtle, like, theme behind it and you pick the theme up as you're chuckling and like the laughter and the entertainment <laughs> from the meme helps you know it's it's basically like a, a you know a little bit of ice cream with some foul tasting medicine yeah it's like it helps it go down and and they don't understand that you don't need i mean they literally were having wednesday preach at the audience at, when that scene where she was in german like going over about you know the the horrors of chocolate or fudge or whatever and i'm like God, I, I thought that was hilarious i completely missed that apparently it must have been so woke i was just like hey 
<laughs> that didn't come off woke to me. That came off nailed the, her character. I didn't. E- I, I, I was, swear it's out of my memory. It was part of her character, and I'll agree with you in that sense, but it was just like I, I knew what they were trying to do behind the scenes with it, and I was just rolling my eyes. I'm like, okay. I was <laughs> laughing so hard. I, I thought that was actually pretty good. Uh, can the I... only thing that made that better was they did add like a funny line or two in the middle of her little diatribe, and that did make it like like I said, the ice cream made the poison go down a little bit. Oh you my know, god, uh... easier. <laughs> um, can uh... I talk about something that I did like in this episode? And, and this is where we discuss about her stumbling on a secret society. How did you guys like her uh, solving the clues to figure out that she had to snap twice? I thought it was pretty cool. I liked it. I, I did like that, and I liked the snap because I, I like was the like, snap. okay, yes, <laughs> that makes sense. So, okay, that that that's it with that. I just wanted I I did like the problem solving. Um, the the questions were almost easy enough that I can understand her knowing the answers. It wasn't anything too outrageous, especially for her. So, and then I did like how they incorporated the the two snaps. So, all right, moving forward. Season one, episode four. Whoa, what a night. <laughs> oh, my God. Wednesday asked Xavier to the Raven dance. <laughs> she was using him. She she asked yeah. him out of, she got caught sneaking around his little art shack, which how, do, how does a kid just get an art shack out of school? I don't know, whatever. Yeah. He fi- well, mean, he did say excuse- he fixed it up, and, and they let him. Yeah, his excuse about, hey, clean it up, that don't make any fucking sense, but yeah. it's fine. I mean, they had to have it away from everybody else so that it wasn't, you know, he could sneak about and do his thing, so. I guess so. Uh, let me see. Uh, sparking Tyler's jealousy. So she asked him to the Raven Dance, sparking Tyler's jealousy. Thing has got something up his sleeve. Eugene stakes out the cave. What did Thing have up his sleeve? Because I know this is the episode where he got the uh, uh, five-finger discount on that dress. He had hilarious. that, and what he had up his sleeve besides that was he was he also delivered a note to uh, Tyler. Oh, yes. Trying to, because he saw that, that, and this is the episode that shows best, uh, you know, Jenna Ortega's acting ability. She showed Tyler with just her eyes that she was interested in him, and Thing caught it, and he could tell when he saw her light up with what little that she does light up, he's like, I'm going to make this happen, and that's what he does in this episode. Oh, yes, because this was, okay, we skipped past, I don't know if it was in um, if it was in Friend or Woe, uh, was it one of those episodes where he takes her to uh, a mausoleum and plays a scary movie for her, which is... That is later on. That okay. That is actually in episode, I want to say, seven. Okay, okay. Where he does that. I wasn't sure. I yeah. wasn't sure if that's what got her attention. So, okay, we won't we won't go there yet, but... Um, no, she's she's been... In the episodes up until now, she has been interested in him uh, and... and just by their, like, when they talk, like, I mean, it, 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 it's actually well done. I mean, it's more like a subtle thing. Like, she's just, you know, he's helping her out. She can sense, you know, that he's got a dark history, so she's attracted to that. You know, it, it's it's built up from just them being together, you know, like, and, and meeting each other. Yes, uh, and again, if you are not on any kind of social media whatsoever, then what are you doing listening to a podcast? But this is the dance episode uh, oh fuck yes! This is the TikTok uh, extravaganza right here. Oh my Which, god! By the way, this is this is going to be a Mandela effect 
within a year if it's not you know sooner than that and why i say that the song that plays is like a psychobilly type song in mm-hmm. the actual episode that sounds like something that's like you would play at a monster mash type thing at a halloween get together the song that tiktok has made everybody think is actually playing over top the scene is the lady gaga song i dance with my hands or whatever the song is oh that's the lyrics to it and the reason I say this is because it is incepted Lady Gaga herself. She actually thanked Wednesday for using her song on Twitter. And then to make it even worse, oh, shit. Uh, from, to make it even worse from what I've seen, the actual official Wednesday Netflix account responded back to her and thanked her for uh, giving them the rights to that song. And I'm like, it's not in, what are you talking about, people? It's not in the episode. What the fuck? <laughs> Um, I, on TikTok, I see people going crazy like, oh, well, the cramps are going to become really popular now. And it's like, shut the fuck up. Let people discover new things. Yes, it's through, uh, you know, mainstream media, whatever. Okay. Let the cramps come back to life. It's funny because, uh, uh, little Lucifina and I always play, well, the cramps are on my Halloween Pandora party radio station. And, um, I have never heard this song. This song has never come up on my Halloween Pandora or anything that the cramps, when the cramps are playing. And I'm like, wow, this is cool. This is like a new, I've discovered something new, but old. Um, did, have you heard the uh, uh, trivia about where she got her inspirations for the dance? Um, yeah, she had uh, multiple uh, things she got inspiration for the dance from. Do you want to discuss that, though? Because I don't have that. I don't have all of them off the top of my head because the one that I don't remember, I mean, I, I can throw it out there, but I don't remember the lady's name. So the, the one thing was obviously there is a very short segment where she's just kind of like moving her feet really fast. That is clearly from the Wednesday in the original series. Like uh-huh. that is straight up. She took that, you know, to give a call back to the original 60s series. Um, the, she studied, uh, Jenna Ortega studied a lot of video footage of 1980s goths, yes. as the, goths as they were dancing and took a lot of their movements and used those. Um, but there is a goth lady, and I don't remember what her name is. It starts with an L, is all I remember. Um, uh, let me, or let's I'm, see. I'm looking right now. Uh, by the way, as of two days ago, official goths, TikTok goths, if you will, say that the weird dancing in Netflix's Wednesday is authentic. So they have uh, confirmed that uh, she <laughs> she really did channel the goths. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. Uh, let me see if I can get um, the name of the lady you're talking about. So uh, she credits uh, Susie uh, Sue or whatever is, a, is another uh, person that she credits. Yes. And I, that might be the one that I'm thinking yes, of or that whatever. Is. Um, but yeah, the, and, and she, and, and I saw the video of that, they compared it on TikTok, And I mean, it's a lot of the hand wavy, like the, the, the kind of like she's moving it like she's in a wave or something like that in a pool. That's that kind of comes from her. Um, in that scene. Yeah, worked on it just a few days before. Uh, and, and bless you for coming, figuring out that name. I did not know Susie Sue because it is spelled so freaking weird. I was like, <laughs> Suxy, sucks, sucks. <laughs> Sexy sucks. Um, let me see. Uh, also, um, I, I read this somewhere um, that she, some of the inspiration, well, you can see that there's definitely some um, Latino inspiration. In that, she's got a few Spanish moves in there, a little flamenco. There, yeah, 
But those also come from, I mean, they could be attributed also to like Gomez from the original series, according yes. to this article I'm looking at right here, because he kind of did that. But also, I mean, I feel like she took a couple of, of the dance moves from the Mamushka from the, you know, and, and, and moved them in there too a little bit. Oh yeah. She had a scenes. little bit of everything. Um, she uh I, she had COVID when she did this dance. She wasn't feeling good that morning. I think she had like a killer, like sore throat and just feeling like she got beat down and they're like, okay, no big deal. So she goes, they film this scene. By the way, they claim they had a very strict COVID policy on set. Uh, yeah, sure they did because somebody walks on scene not feeling good and you're just like, okay, cool. They let her film the scene, but they made her leave immediately after she got that positive result. And I was like, but bro, she's already been there. Like, <laughs> The damage has been done. Let her work. We all know that the COVID policies are dumb as shit. Like, yeah. I mean, they, whatever they don't, I mean, you can, the the whole restaurant stuff, it's like COVID mysteriously doesn't factor in when you're sitting at a table, but if you're walking yes. to the restaurant, it does. Okay. Yes. Okay. As my husband pulls his mic away to cough. Thanks, babe. That way the mic doesn't get COVID. Um, the, the one thing I'm going to say about that though, another bit of trivia, she did choreographed that entire thing herself that yes. is all jen ortega that came up with that they did not have anybody tell her to do any of that stuff. nope she'd made it up a few days before she's like clearly i am not a uh a dancer or a choreographer uh her co-star uh who played tyler was like i think it looks great to which Lu Lu luis guzman replies are you flirting with my daughter <laughs> oh yeah i remember that that i think you sent that um that was funny the funny thing is is that she can say that i mean and, and that's probably true all that that she said that she's not but i mean the funniest thing is is that it has became a sensation oh my especially god amongst goth girls like they have went ape shit over this and like that's all tiktok is right now is them imitating her dance looking like her so well, I mean, they, okay, because Jenna Ortega is not, she's skinny, but in my opinion, she's not sickly skinny, because you see her in her underwear and her bra and X, and I think it's she's, like, you know, I don't know, a nice in-between, if you will, she's not thick, she's not thin, or she's not too o overly skinny, but in this movie, they have a way of her, I don't know if she, maybe she lost weight, they have a way of making her look sickly skinny which is a very Wednesday Adams thing. And the way she flails her stick like arms. I was going to say her arms is what makes that more apparent than anything. Yeah. You know. And her neck, the way she makes her neck look like it's broken. Amazing. Uh, it's amazing. I don't have anything else to say. Uh, it's really cool. It, throw, it puts the dance together. I love the little thing that she did at the end of it with Tyler, where it looks like thing is crawling up his back. But oh it's yeah. Actually her. It's her. Yeah. Uh, I, going to think too i really like how they have stitches on his hand and everything i think it's pretty cool oh yeah it, it makes it more like he's a frankenstein like he was yeah a, adam's family member or an associate maybe a fester's the way they hint at in the show that died during like one of their you know mini heists or whatever they were getting into and they used their magic and science to bring him back as like just all that was left though was his hand so that's what they had to bring back of yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay i i it does anything else about whoa what a night <laughs> Uh, the Carrie reference, obviously, oh, yes. with the pig blood. Well, no, that was the thing. It was paint, and she wishes it was pig's yes, blood. Yes, she was very was. disappointed, which was hilarious. I, I think it was, like, one of the few times we see her actually smile. Yes. Now, yeah, she, yeah, she's smiling because she's like, oh, my God, you, somebody has made my day by making this a, a Carrie's, you know, prom. And then she's like, but they skimped out and then it used pig's blood. They can't so even use I'm real blood. <laughs> Okay, uh, moving on to you reap what you Further will. Further makes my point about why they acting 
all scared when someone's going to die. <laughs> you reap what you woe. During Parents Weekend, oh my God, this was funny. During Parents Weekend, Wednesday. Oh, how about this? Hold on, hold on. Because there's something we just brushed over that makes zero sense. Wasn't there vampires at the school? Yes. Yeah. They were actually, there was a DJ that was a vampire at that event. Oh, yes. So if you pay attention to those vampires and the DJ, what are they doing when the blood's coming down? Running. They're running away. It's not real blood. <laughs> they didn't know that. I think they did because they, they could have smell probably real smelled blood. it. I how give them the credit how, I would any of the other people. Then how there. come it didn't cut to one of them saying that? That would have been hilarious. Out I, of I, all the people yeah, that would not be freaked that, that out. That is true. Over. That should have been one of them, you know, pissed off about it. Yes. Yeah. Sitting there like, what the fuck? And then Wednesday being like, Ugh, they just, can't even use real blood. Just saying. Okay, so we're in Parents Weekend. Wednesday digs into her family's past, which at this point she already knows about her dad being accused of a murder at some point, uh, and accidentally gets her father arrested. Enid feels the pressure to woof out, which is, um, I don't know how you equate that to teenage girl. Would that be like starting your period? No, they were uh, they were almost, uh, it was almost a uh, coming out of the closet type uh, thing they were going for with her. It was like, because they were painting her as like almost like she was the family member that was transgender or something that didn't fit the norm, what the family expected of them. And like her father at the end of the episode was, uh, you know, the, the pastor, the compassionate one that let her know it's like, it's okay to be different, honey. But you know, the mother was the one that's like, this isn't normal. We're all werewolves. You should be a werewolf. Why are you not aware? You know, it was like, it had a, those tones to it more than anything. That dad was a weak ass. Wow. He was. And then at the end, he was like, the only line he ever had was, you do you. No, the fuck. You do not say that. You, first off, sir, I know where you're from. You either have an Irish or Scottish accent. So. I'll wait at a stereo cat or type a redhead. Oh, I am. I did it. (laughs) He looked like it. Well, you guys have an accent of some sort. Okay. (laughs) Irish, Scottish, or Kentuckian. Okay. Wow. Which is a derivation of Scots-Irish, so uh, you, fair point there, on, on that behalf. See, I tell no <laughs> lies. Um, I I thought he I thought he could have been a cooler character. I would have liked to see him wolf out on his wife, like, shut the fuck up, bitch, you know? Like, you're not like that, but like, you know, like, she, well, she's ready, she's ready. I felt like, okay, yeah. so I, I felt like she was forcing her daughter to grow up, so I got a different tone from it than you did. Well... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, that's what I got from it. But also, going along with what you said, there is a lot of YouTubers that are making the the point, and it and it is out there, especially with the Marvel stuff, is making it more and more apparent that Hollywood in general does not like strong male characters, and they are making them very submissive to any woman that's on screen with them. And I don't know that this show proves any difference. No, not at, at all. all. Yeah, like every single male character in this is, uh, you know, like they won't stand up for themselves when they're, you know, get a little bit of pushback from a woman. Not saying that they need to. I'm just saying that 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 is a through line in this show. And especially with that, that, you know, the one you're talking about, the father, I mean, he is totally wearing the panties in that relationship. I mean, 
Has he even woofed out? Look at. He's just trying to get some of that woof pussy so he doesn't want to break <laughs> any lines. There's checks and balances, <laughs> and you cannot. <laughs> wussy. The wussy. The wussy later. Oh, my God. You cannot let women run around rabid and rampant without medication or at least a guy telling them to simmer the fuck down every now and then. I'm just saying, okay? It's not, it's not a safe world. So... This is this is obviously this is an alternate world, but I mean it's not very convincing. So yeah, I, I I agree with you on that. But I did I did get heavy vibes just for that they were trying to paint it as she was like even if you want to go the route of she was just non-binary, you know that's that's the whole line now. It's like she doesn't have like a gender or whatever, you know. It it had vibes like that. Like she she stood out from her family because she didn't adhere to the societal norms of what they expected and their you know and their own you know whatever conservative way their family operated and like you know her mom was making her feel like shit over it and like you know then you had the one parent that was understanding and blah 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 that's that's what i got from that scene i mean say what you want she's still good she still went for the dude yeah she was going for it and not only that has she been able to give him some of that wussy she probably would have woofed out a lot sooner she would got that aggression out she just wanted some of that gorgon head Yes. She yeah, she wanted some of those snakes. Yeah, some other things. Let's just say. Uh, by the thinking. way, the scene where he freezes himself is fucking hilarious. Oh my god! You know what that scene reminded mm-hmm. me of, and it probably is not supposed to be this, but I just and that's what I read into it. It's almost like he pre ejaculated. Yes. And go through with the rest of the the date. He didn't even. Okay, like I I was like, is he done for? Because like you don't hear from him. It feels like for like a few episodes. Maybe it was just an episode. It was episode at least two. a full episode yeah. before yeah. he came back, like but at the end of one. You, you remembered, like, they were talking about it. Like, you're not stoned forever. You're just stoned yes. for a temporary time. Well, obviously. Yes. So, why, after he became unstoned, did he not call her and be like. Because he like, told her I, it was embarrassing. It's embarrassing, hey, but it, like. Here's an inconsistency for you, though. You're a Gorgon, you're, you have your dorm room. Why can't they come in there and remove the fucking uh, mirror for yeah. you? I mean, well, Why maybe, there... maybe they didn't want to because he could always cover it up and then he can make sure that his face didn't look like shit. But, I mean, you know, you, you know that that had to be like an ongoing thing that they were just having their Gorgon students freezing themselves with mirrors in the room. <laughs> Ass naked, someone just walks in to check on them. It's a good way to get out of class. <laughs> They're rock hard in more class. ways than one. Yeah. How come you didn't go to class today? Oh, I froze myself. Mm, a likely Which excuse. Which sounds like they <laughs> they jizzed in their pants. Oh I mean, that's, that's what it, that, the vibe I got from that. So, um, in this episode, is probably one of the only episodes we see Morticia kind of aggress, like you know, be be slightly aggressive or you know, put herself out there, or at least in personality. At the end, at the, up to that yeah. point, she was really pissing me off. I mean, your the one person that she, if you want to, if you want to go the, the route of saying it's Wednesday's perspective, the one person that Wednesday, even in her perspective, knew that Morticia would fight tooth and nail for yeah. is fucking Gomez, and she takes this shit way too passively in most of this episode. Yeah, that is true. Um, I mean, I, that that. If it wasn't for that last part where she does stand up to, you know, and then like, you know, to the mayor, I, I would have been extremely pissed at that portrayal because it was getting that way for me. I'm like, I this is not Morticia. Yeah. So I don't know. And I don't know that they're going to take it any further. So good Lord, we're going on almost two hours of this episode. <laughs> okay. Well, it, it's a series. It's so, a series. I mean, that is true. Next one. Quid pro. Whoa. <laughs> 
that's probably the worst. That's probably the worst. <laughs> I don't know what you think is so funny about that. They're so stupid. The names are so dumb. Yeah, but you like them. I know. I mean, the only thing I can think of is they kept throwing that woe in there because of the, the Edgar Allan Poe mm. stuff. But yes. there's so many other things they could have typed, you know, tapped into its books or, you know, part lines. And, and it's just no woe. That's all we're going to throw in there as a bad pun. They and should I'm have like, done quid po woe. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, how am I married to you? <laughs> what the hell? Oh, God. Okay. Uh, Wednesday's friends throw her a surprise birthday party. They mean well, but she would rather mark the occasion by solving murders. I mean, that shows the attraction to the murders. The only thing I really remember about this episode is like, I mean, this one does, this is the other one I think is kind of the weak episode. It's like literally, uh, she, she goes to the party, like gets pissed off, has one of her like visions that causes her to have a near damn seizure yeah. and like pass out. And then she's back in her room. And that's all I really remember about this whole entire fucking episode to be perfectly honest with you. This might've been the one that she discovered. Was it like, was it, she discovered a book or of some kind. Oh, I don't, yeah. I don't remember. The journal. Like, literally, I don't remember anything about this episode. That's how bad it was. Um, That was, that's like a version of getting white girl wasted. You just end up back in your dorm. That's how you, like, find out, like, in a few weeks that you're pregnant and you don't know who the father is. <laughs> really? It is. Like. And then you have a Gorgon baby. It freezes you upon looking at you yeah. and then you're done, you know. Is this the book she finds? Is this the episode she finds a book about the hide? Uh, I want to say that's episode seven. I don't even think it's this. I don't know what happens in this episode. Yeah. Really, I, I mean, just remember that she didn't eat her birthday cake, and I was very upset about that. Yeah, Enid. Enid gets pissed at her in this episode. I mean, it doesn't. I don't think she does directly in this episode. It gets resolved in the next one. That's when she moves out. She's like, if you can't even uh, be bothered to eat the birthday cake, then fuck you and fuck everything about this relationship we have with each other. And and th that's all that came out of this episode to me. All right, let's move forward because <laughs> it, it gets it, it was it was a filler. I think yeah. we can all I'm trying agree. to remember what happened exactly in this episode. Well, that's the thing is we can't remember. Do you want me to pull up the? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Hold on. Let's see what. Real time. Real time. Uh, let me see. Quid. Try to remember. Oh, no, not. It, th I think this is the episode. Somebody dies in this episode. It's the mayor. The that's mayor. What it is oh because... yeah. Because she's at a funeral in the next scene, and that's when uh, Uncle Fester shows up. Is at the at the funeral. So I do remember. No, that. no, no. Uncle Fester does not show up at the funeral. Mm -mm, he shows up in the next episode. Oh wait, no, he does. She, yeah, he's not technically wrong. He, he, Fester was there Wednesday. Sees something at the funeral and goes into the woods. So, so. Yeah, but but he was. I mean, he wasn't there. In, in broad daylight. I mean, he's... No, whatever. no, but I'm saying, like, she sees him off to the side and then she leaves or whatever, but yeah. I do remember you know what, that... Uh, the, you know what would be an awesome show? Is Fester following all Fester's shenanigans. Well, that would be a pretty good, like, little side... Like, a little uh, tangent show or whatever, just spinning it off or whatever to yeah. something different. How many people has he killed? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> would it be disappointed or surprised? Um, I would be, I would be probably disappointed if he's not like, you know, uh, definitely killed more than any other serial killer in existence. I mean, just, I'm throwing that out there. He has to at least have numbers that high. Yeah. Cause as goofy and weird he is, he is technically very smart. 
everywhere I go has the same synopsis, but no one really goes into it. No summary. And that probably is a nothing. I think that's telling you something. But I yeah, think it's a dud episode. The thing that stands out to me about what you guys are discussing. Hold on, my pancreas is beeping. About oh, I Fester know it, being at the funeral. I know what this one is. I think I know what it is. It is no, it's not. It's it was the episode before. I was okay. gonna say Fester what, being what, at the funeral. Going, going to the title. What was the quid pro quo pro quo in the episode? That I do remember something about that. Was it was was that where she was going to the? Because uh, we we didn't mention this. One of the episodes there was the whole thing about she hit, which I liked that scene where she hit in the uh, the cooling board inside of the uh, morgue or whatever, and like you know, and then it was revealed like an episode or two later that the 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 morgue. Uh, uh, coroner, as it were, died. Like, of course, he was going to die because he kept bragging about how he was going to retire in two days. And every time a character in any media does that, they're usually dead. Yeah. Uh, uh, except for Danny Glover, and, and that's because he never officially retires in Lethal Weapon. But that's a whole <laughs> other point. Um, but yeah, there there was a. I think in this one, the quid pro quo was that like she agreed with somebody that like that they they made a, a deal that if if they got information, I think it was her and the sheriff that he would uh you know uh oh. do do something for her. But now I can't even remember what it was. Was it release her dad you. or something or? Uh, no, that was uh that was an episode before that. It was um. Jeez, like I don't, I don't remember like what it was. It was they made they made a deal with each other. Like she would investigate. And he would like cut her in on like uh, information you know, about information or yeah. something. Yeah. Okay, that would that makes more sense. Yeah, because I think if this this is this the episode she drops the claw. I think this might be where she drops the claw for the DNA. Yes, I think it is. I think it is. Yeah. And he and he says that he'll get back to her on on who and he has a, he has one of his assistants run the DNA test for. Her. Um. What was I going to say about this one? Uh, shit, I lost it. I just, it, it's a non-episode though in the, long, yeah. in the scheme of things. Like it really just went by oh. and it was just like gone, you know. Fester at the funeral. It stands out because um, the cops were there looking for the murderer. Yes. And they're like, they're going to be here at the funeral. So then you see this shadow running in the background. You're like, that's the murderer. And it's just Fester. I mean, it could have been Fester. So. I didn't. I didn't think it was a murder just because I saw like a hint. This is Netflix's fault. This is how, just they need to do something different with their streaming or how they present this. But I saw a picture of Fester like in the woods, like you know, popping up at the end of something, and then like whenever oh, yeah. I saw that that the way the scene was framed, I'm like, oh, this is where Fester pops up at, you know. So I knew that it was him even before he came out. Yeah, Netflix showed. has a flash forward before every episode, so it's weird. <laughs> Like, yeah, they should have kind of kept that a little bit. Um, season one, episode seven. We're moving along. If you don't woe me by now. Oh, my God. Kooky Uncle Fester pays a visit and shares his theory about the monster. Wednesday agrees uh, to a date with Tyler at Crackstone's Crypt. Um, that awesome is episode. the one where he, she is playing legally blonde. Yes. I absolutely love the fact or, that he's playing that for her. I love the fact that's he, when he says scary movie that, I mean, actually, if anything, that shows that he understands Wednesday more than any yeah. other fucking person in existence. Cause he, he knows that a scary movie wouldn't actually scare. She would actually, that to her, that'd be a comedy. <laughs> when but, I heard that song, I was fucking dying, dude. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? At first I thought, uh, it because it has the same tempo at the beginning as Clueless. 
<laughs> for Kids in America, which is a song that plays at the beginning of Clueless. And I was like, no, this isn't Clueless. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, whenever I, I had it spoiled for me with TikTok because somebody posted that entire thing. They's like, did you realize that it's Legally Blonde that's playing? And, and, and whenever I watch the episode, I'm like, well, who wouldn't? I mean, I guess that's just, you know, one of those TikTok clickbait things where they're like, yeah. you know, they're trying to act like they've got some secret information that most people overlooked. But um, made yeah. me want a hot dog it, real bad. <laughs> Isn't Perfect Day the song that plays at the beginning? Yes. Of, uh, On this yeah. perfect day. <laughs> <laughs> I've been forced to watch that movie so many times by my wife. That, uh, I mean, uh, thankfully, it's the one of the my least hated ones if I've got to watch it. So I have not forced the hubby to watch that one. I've so. never seen it. <laughs> See? It's not on my list of things I want to watch. I consider myself uh, a good wife for that one. It and um, they're they're all Reese Witherspoon movies. Yes. It and um, what what is it? Uh, uh, Sweet Home Alabama or the two? Oh my god! I, I have forced him to watch that yeah, one. Yeah, I've seen that. He has had to watch Sweet Home uh, Alabama, but anyways, I, I, there is worse out there. Uh, you know, um, it's not a horror New York movie. and shit like that. The Notebook. There's worse. Yeah. So I'll just throw that yeah, out Sweet there. Sweet Home Alabama is not a horrible movie. It's just not a movie. It's, it's it's not a horrible of. movie. It's just not not a movie I would choose to watch on my own. It's definitely a rom-com. <laughs> yes. Um, I liked how Uncle Fester uh, immediately kind of knew what monster. Like, they were able to do a little bit of research and figure out the exact monster. It looks and, identical. I mean. And that paints, that that's a good thing. I, I hope going forward that's what they use him for. It's because he's such a worldly person. Mm-hmm. And he's done so much shit in so many places that he's he's like you know basically like the the Bobby of of you know in supernatural terms where like you know Wednesday comes to him and he's like oh well, that's what this is. It's like this creature that I saw back years ago when I was pulling a heist in Bulgaria or whatever. You know, it's like okay. um yeah, when I was I on a murderous that- rampage. I just happened to run across this thing. Yeah, <laughs> it helped well, me. I was killing about 14 people myself. <laughs> this thing was on the other side of town uh, creating a distraction. <laughs> Do you, how, okay. Um, uh, is I like Fest- the electricity angle that they worked in. You oh, yes. Have, yeah, I like you that. have to give him electricity and the fact that they worked it in and gave him that power. I love that. Yes, and that also, that is where uh, Fester's, uh, Fester's quest came in for me because you, he, he had electricity in that game. Because so. he's been he's been electrocuted so many times by Gomez that he just innately can conduct electricity now. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, he had a gun in Fester's Quest. I don't remember. I, it's, I think it was I, a I vacuum rem- cleaner. I only remember certain things, so... But, look, I remember it, okay? It was an awesome RPG. I, mean, I had a it hard... Was, it was I, a fun quest game. I had a hard time playing that game. I mean, I, I liked it, but I, I was not good. Uh, moving forward from that, though... <laughs> Uh, is Fester younger or older than Gomez? Do we know? He's supposed to be the younger brother. I thought I think. so. Yeah, I thought he's supposed to be younger. It just seems like he's um, older. I don't I know. Like, in this show, he seems like he's younger. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like in the yeah he has to be because in the original Adams Family or then the movies that was the whole thing that or uh, well or was it who was the one that was supposed to inherit the money because I now I'm confused. Was oh, it I think Fester is his older brother. Yeah, well, Fester is the older brother in that because he's the one that's supposed to take over the. Uh, he has the rights to the money, and then whenever they, you know, he's still not realizing who he is, he he takes it away from Gomez. Yeah, and Adam's family won. I thought his values. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, hold on. 
I'm, so I'm maybe Googling. he is supposed to be the older brother. Uh, and But he looks younger in this for sure than Luis Guzman. And, you know, what, maybe, you know, maybe one of my, Fred Armisen is. I don't know. One of my favorite quotes is on the second one where they're talking about the brother rivalry. They're talking about all the things they should do to each other. And then Fester just drops that at the very end. I, when one time when, when Gomez was sleeping, I took out a piece of his brain. And Gomez, oh, yeah. Was, Gomez is like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like laughing and slapping each other. Uh, yes, uh, Google has confirmed that uh, Fester is older. But I did, I thought that I heard younger. But then I was like, that doesn't make sense because he is the uh, heir to the Adam, Adams family. He's in all the rich magazines. You know, for the rich bachelors in um and values. Forbes. Yeah. Forbes, yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I think we can all agree that we we like the fester uh the fester uh introduction and of course the horrible horror movie scene at Crackstone's Crypt. <laughs> Yeah, those those are both good uh, parts of this episode, and then this is also the episode where they investigate the house, if I remember right, and she finally like gets an idea of where, uh, of like the the family, and then she and she pinpoints it on uh, Xavier because he's of that family, um, but then she, it's revealed in the next episode that she's be, that she's because she's so close to Tyler, he's using that information against her and, and he's setting everything up because he gets attacked supposedly in this episode. He's got the claw mark from the monster. Yeah. And then we get to reveal that, you know, he, he obviously did that to himself just so he would throw her off the scent. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I lost what I was getting ready to say in terms of uh, the rich kid. Um, it was specifically about him, but I, well, there's a lot of stuff that they try to paint him. I mean, in the show is the red herring because he keeps like giving side eye to Wednesday. He's always like, I mean, and and she brings it up in the next episode. He's always there at the same time that all this shit happens. Tyler. And that's why I was like, that's why I knew Tyler was, was the bad, was the bad guy. Cause it's like, he's too friendly and kind. Uh, Xavier would be the too obvious character. And I was like, it, it seemed like too obvious that it wasn't him. It's like, oh, they're making it seem like it's him, but it's not. Although there was a few times I derailed. I'm like, it it could be him. And I just, it it, it was not an issue for me. That, I mean, I, I thought it was either one or the other of them. Yeah. But I kept hoping that they wouldn't go the route of Tyler just because I'm like, why? I, you know, like well, I've already had the discussion, but I just don't. It's every time. It's like, okay, so it's the blue collar normie guy. All right, fine. Yeah. Uh, once Wednesday gets all of her. Wait, what episode was it that a uh, thing got stabbed? Because that was that was that sad. Episode, that, yeah, that uh, episode seven. Yeah, yeah, that was. I was I was horrified. That's where we got to see the electricity, where he gets shocked back to life. Uh, he gets sutured back together, and oh, like I I I felt bad for Thing. I had emotions. Yeah, they. The, that's what I'm saying. The actor, you know, uh, uh, that plays Thing. I mean, he does a very good job of making you care for a, mm-hmm. basically a just a body hand. part. And it's where we get we get a lot of emotion. Uh, she may not have so much showed it, but there's definitely tears. She cried. 
yes, yes. She was actually, I mean, she got to actually emote more in this episode and, and, and you get a lot of sympathy for her just because, I mean, that that is the one person in her life that's probably closest to her outside of maybe yeah. Gomez. And I, I feel like even maybe Thing is closer than that at this point in the show just because he's been with her and, and experienced more with her on a personal level than Gomez probably has. The real question is how many hand jobs do you think Thing gave to Fester and Gomez? Are you referencing that line from uh, the Adams Family movies? Yes. Oh Have you god. heard that? Oh my god! That, when I heard that line on TikTok, I didn't even. I, it, I was like, "Oh my god, that's actually in the movie," and I for years never even noticed. Oh my god! Um, it's like my man. It's like if you, I think he says something like Fester. If he's like, if you're feeling, you know, feeling a little too lonely, a thing will lend a hand. Yes. Then you're like, oh my god. Disgusting. Um, Enid and Thing were pretty fucking close. Oh yeah, yeah. That like was she's pretty... talking about how they uh, bonded over a uh, uh, manicures or mm-hmm. something, and then massages, <laughs> and they don't go much further. But mm, I don't know. <laughs> he he's getting that wussy. Is that what you're trying yes. to say? <laughs> yes, he's getting that wussy. <laughs> Not the wussy. Um. And okay, so we're like we at this point we are like fucking flying towards her solving what's going on. Uh, she knows at this point. Does she know that it's Crackstone? Um, as, in regards to what? In regards to uh, like knowing that he's the one uh, that caused all the issues. Um, well, in in terms of the pilgrim. Like how oh, did yeah. that? She she was fully aware that that Goody was because she had that was another thing. I don't know if it was uh, in this episode or the one before it. She has an episode where she does the seance and she summons uh, Goody at one point, and like Goody like kind of shows her a little bit of the past or whatever, and uh, then gives her like a warning about her own future, and and so she's aware that Crackstone was the one that like you know killed the Goody and and the other um, you know outsiders and uh, or outcasts whatever you want to call and so she's aware at this point that all that stuff went on um did you catch the reference when morticia told her to be careful who she's speaking to that the family members may not actually be trying to help her or she gave kind of like a you know you got to be careful you don't really know what their intentions are I, I do remember that line, but I also remember that was a setup. I mean, that they actually did pretty well at the first episode where she gave her that, like, you know, necklace or that talisman. And she said said it was to help her channel her powers. But then it turns out in, like, that final episode that it actually allows her to uh, speak more directly with the dead, you know, that's, or uh, at least channel the spirits. So well, that's what – and that Goody uses that to help revitalize her, basically. Yeah. Well, Morticia tells her, too, that Goody's a, a, a raven seer which it's like you're doomed to have a single path or to be single because you're, you're too channeled on the dark side of it. Yeah, she did. Oh yeah. She does tell her that she's like, you have to be careful because being that's how she phrased it. She said it being a Raven. She said, it's very, you're on a razor razor edge or whatever of, of falling to the dark. And like, you know, being, uh, basically she's wondering if she's going to become a serial killer or something yeah. or worse. If she doesn't, uh, you know, learn how to uh, trust and, and involve herself with other people. Yeah, which, I mean, I think that's where Enid plays a big part and thing, you know. 
Well, even Bianca at one point, yeah. because even if they just have a, a rivalry, she still that gives her a connection to other people that she doesn't. Yeah, that would that brings her out of herself. Like that's the worst thing for her is to be just you know trapped inside of herself and like just because uh, her obsession would take over at that point and she would go to the dark side basically. Um, I think she even says it at one point because she says something along the lines that if she wasn't obsessing with the the criminal case, she would probably be obsessing with something else, hinting that she would probably be, you know, killing people or something, you know, along yeah. those lines. <laughs> She's psychotic. Um, and, I, and the thing says that too or whatever because there's that one line or thing where oh, yeah. she, she mentions something about she's obsessing with her novel and he's like well you know what uh, other people obsess and she's like yes yes serial killers I'm aware thing <laughs> <You know? laughs> is foreseeing the future um, okay so last episode a murder of woes uh, not as good as the rest of them but whatever we'll take it um, I guess it'd be like a murder of crows yeah, that's what they're going for. Yeah. I mean, it uh, episode-wise, this one uh, I felt like was amongst one of their better ones. I mean, just but it has to be. I it mean, has to be in the show on a bad note. You know, a lot happened <clears throat> in this fucking episode. Uh, so much happened in this episode. I can't remember every detail, which we wouldn't want to discuss anyways. But we find out for sure Christina Ritchie is the bad normie. She was the Xavier's older sister or however that family rolls out. She, which you would think that he would know that. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand how that, that's an inconsistency that that I just thought of. He was like, my sister did not have ugly hair like that. (laughs) I mean, even if he's not seen her, I mean, if you want to argue that, well, the only way that would work is if he's literally, if she, he was a baby whenever she was taken away. And maybe they explained that. I don't know. I didn't pay that much attention to it, but. Um, but yeah, there's, uh, they reveal that about her. And then I was just like, okay, saw that coming. She's also the monster's handler because the monster, we find out that the monster has to have some sort of handler of sorts. And they try to throw it off on the, uh, on the psychiatrist. But of course, I mean, I totally fell for that. But she gets ganked pretty quick right oh, after God. Wednesday. It's kind of funny because this whole episode is like a, one of those film noirs. Like people always think in film noirs that the detective like waits until the very end of the movie and like, you know, lays all of his pieces out on the table and then like solves the crime perfectly. But if you watch those nine times out of 10, they stumble and accuse the wrong person at, uh, at least three times before the end of the movie, before they finally figure it out, which is more realistic <laughs> in the sense. But Wednesday does that too. She's like, okay, you're the handler. And then that person dies. And she's like, well, okay, he's the monster. And it's like, no, he's not, you know? And it's like, she keeps messing up. Oh, yeah. Which is funny because she had to find out through a kiss who the monster was, that it was her lovey boy. I never paid this close attention. Is there never a scene where they get close? I mean, maybe it took a kiss for her to get that close to him to, to get that out of him. Cause he was hiding it so deep, but like, is there not a time whenever they don't like embrace slightly to where she could have at least got something off of him that way. I, I, I could have swore there was a scene where they do and she sees something, but it's like him getting attacked by something instead. I, you know what? I don't remember. No, it was a kid getting attacked by the cave. Yes. Okay. And that, yeah, that's what she throws in at the end. She's like, that's how you, you know, yeah. 
Um, but that's what throws her off. She doesn't realize that what she she's seeing it from Eugene's perspective, and she's not realizing that what that the reason she sees that is because he was the monster attacking Eugene, yeah. and that's why she saw it. That's, it that's what show. it was. Okay, which okay that that makes sense. Um, Wednesday lands in trouble with Principal Weems, which that happened like every fucking episode. Yeah, that's that, not telling you anything. Although the, she does, this is the the episode where finally, I mean, it, it's kind of funny. It's like one of those parents. It's like you do this one more time. I swear to God, yeah. you do this one more time. I swear to God, this episode, she is actually, she's like, you're out, you're done. Yeah, like, fuck you, you're gone. And you she's know? disappointed. She really, she wanted things to work out for Wednesday, and that was that was hard. I don't know. If, I mean, I was guess, that a but, bahaha that you were drinking? Uh, uh, no, it was, uh, I did have one this morning, but that was water out of the cup that I had. Basically. <laughs> okay. Um, My- but I feel like, I don't know, uh, principal Weems, I feel like had a contentious relationship with Wednesday. Like she could say that she wanted her to do well, but I always got the vibe. And I, if this was intended or not, I feel like it was that she hated Wednesday because of the rivalry that she had with Morticia. Yes. I, I, I thought the same thing too. Okay, okay. I'm just making sure that I, because it was almost like she was holding like Morticia's behavior against, uh, and the fact that uh, if I remember right, Morticia stole Gomez away from Prince, uh, from Weems, uh, and she was holding that against her too. I would have loved to seen just one romantic scene between Gomez and Lady Dimitrescu. <laughs> you think she him would standing just... on his tiptoes just yeah. to kiss her? Would you think he would just? That she would just turn into Morticia. Yeah, she's a shapeshifter. Oh yeah, yeah. Because that, that's something that they that they now that makes me mad because they they underutilized her shapeshifting. They only did it like in two episodes. Like mm-hmm. they they threw out the thing that she was shapeshifting into the the kid who was supposed to have died or yeah. whatever to throw everybody off of that, which is a whole weird thing in of itself. I mean, what if if I guess I get it from the point of view that she was wanting to get the attention away from the school. Uh, as far as the police goes, but at the same time, I mean, like, how rotten is that? That she was she hiding it from the parents too? That like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. The parents were aware of it. She reached out to the dad and to save face for the school and and for the kid, they they spun it like that. Okay. Oh okay. yeah, to make but him not makes... look like a bad uh, person. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, I mean, there were so many other opportunities that she could have, I mean, and they were throwing out the red herring that she was the monster too, because oh, yes. she shapeshift. But I mean, uh, I, I felt like that maybe held sway with me for like half an episode. And I was like, no, this doesn't fit like the way they're portraying her. But anyways, uh, there were so many other opportunities they could have used that shapeshifting and they just didn't do anything with it. Yeah. Yeah. Like for her to infiltrate the student body and to figure out what the kids were doing, she could have pretended to be a student for the, through the semester. Yeah, I didn't even think oh, about that, that. She was way that under your life. Storyline, like there was some random kid that kept being in like the back. I mean, it would be better like the, the back scenes, and like you kept noticing her if you paid attention. But you know, like it was never called out visually. You know, they didn't focus on the kid or anything, but they were always in a scene. And it turns out it was Weems like keeping tabs on her the entire time. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, there we are. Um... <laughs> Wednesday getting in trouble with Principal Weems. I wouldn't even call it getting in trouble with Weems. She got expelled. Uh, but that's just the start of her problems. Uh, she has to fight an ancient evil, but to do so, she's going to need all of her quotation mark friends' help. <clears throat> These bunch of pussies. One's a siren, one's a werewolf, another one's vampire, and they all 
Oh, you're going to kill somebody? That's way too much. Well, here's something else, too. And I don't know what that, I mean, now that I think about this, is pissing me off. This is the problem you have whenever you have supernatural creatures and they're, you know, considered the protagonist. When they're the villains, you can kind of like, you know, drum down their powers a little bit in order for the to give a little bit of plot armor to the you know to the main you know to the hero but when you're when you're making the bad guy or you know the monsters the heroes like they should be using their powers to their full extent why did bianca never once use her siren powers to try to figure out who the killer was by forcing confessions from people oh my god because I, I know for a fact she I know got, they threw out there that she didn't want to be like her mother and use her power, but yes. that's a bullshit reason. It is, and I guess she got burned using her powers against Xavier or on Xavier, and it kind of made her. I don't know, because she still used. It was them. different. She was forcing him to love her. Well, then she, and I think that's what kind of threw her off. But did she use? Does them? someone murdering the school faculty or the kids? And that that's above using your powers. <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. Like, if wait, she, wait, wait. If, who had died up <laughs> until up until this point that she cared about, Bianca? Well, she cared about the school, so there's that because she was hiding at the school. Yeah, she's hiding at the school. Yeah. So you'd have a vested interest in making sure the school doesn't. So go. how many people at the school had died? That, well, they don't know that that kid died because he, quotation mark, left. That was Weems. I know, but if people that, in the that, town are getting murdered, it draws a lot of attention to the school. Yeah, out of self-preservation, if nothing else, she would have wanted to solve the crimes, not to mention the fact that they did give her a slight connection to the mayor's son. And when the mayor's son, she saw, and she was very emotionally impacted by the fact that he was, you know, how tore up he was at his dad's funeral. So yeah. that right there would have gave her a reason to start, you know, snapping her powers out at people and like, are you the killer? Confess, yeah, it's you know, pretty it's late like, on in the show. I and mean, I think that's when she started turning, but she had a slow turn because for the longest. No, thing, no, but listen, she tricked the entire school to making her think she was a student. That is true. Okay. So like there's a giant gap there. Huh. But she also gave the impression in the show that she really only cared about herself. I mean, because she did. She did all this for herself. I know, herself. but that is self-preservation. If the school is drawing a lot of attention from the town, from people getting murdered. Yeah. It's going to draw attention to where you're hiding at. Because the show and is she, called and Wednesday. She still is a she still is a monster that could possibly get, I mean, you know, in uh, major trouble if the if the school if the local town turns into a fucking mob of pitchforks and you know everything else and comes after them. Yeah, she only uses her powers once, and that's when they. They think she's getting uh, Tyler when she's like, you're coming with us, you know? Now, the one thing I can give them in defense against, I mean, she's the only one character that I can think of offhand that should have used her powers and, and could have been able to solve this quicker. But, I mean, because werewolves, in theory, have heightened senses, so they could have smelled something different, but they don't show that in this show so i'm not going i can't hold that against them yeah Although well and in, she didn't in, wuss out yet so she didn't wuss out till late so she wouldn't have been able to smell but there were other werewolves there besides that her. is I true mean, but did they care <laughs> there's, I don't know. Yeah. No, there's other werewolves there's other sirens there's other vampires you have a litany of different creatures 
Yeah, I, I I just feel like I mean that that's the problem you run into this show if you you start really breaking down like the uh, potential for solving these murders that, that they're individual because I mean anytime that you have a hero character they always use the utmost of their abilities to get you know I mean Wednesday does I mean yeah. she uses every single thing at her disposal to figure this out but she's just a normal person albeit with some a little bit of psychic you know powers and uh, a really fucked up person. Personality, but I mean, she is, you know, just a regular person. Whereas you got all these monsters with heightened senses and abilities. They should have fucking been doing more than just uh, being sitting ducks. If nothing else, all these creatures are supposed to be predatory by all accounts. And they would have not sat there and just watched themselves get picked off one by one. Yeah, even even the shapeshifter, the, the school, te- the school principal, wherever she is, that has a giant vested interest in holding, upholding the school didn't use her powers to do any sleuthing about figuring anything out. No. She, and hired she was... uh, hired that normie girl, a.k.a. Christina Ritchie, uh, with n- <laughs> no one had any intuition on this not being no background. Oh, I don't know. I mean, because you would think if you're hiring a normie at a school like that, that there's an extensive background check of what you're into that makes you qualified to be at that school. That these kids aren't going to. Well, yeah, motives. And not only that, (coughs) like, how do you relate to these kids? And how do we know these kids aren't going to fucking murder you and stuff you in a closet? Yeah, I mean, you, you would have to. I mean, uh, if nothing else, I mean, especially if you're hiring from normies, they've had a whole history of nothing but normies just destroying their kind for, you know, centuries, if not longer. I mean, you, you I don't know how long these monsters have existed, but you assume millennia at this point. And they're not going to be tr- just like, oh, okay, this, this random normie wants to come work at our school. Like, they're going to get a super background check. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and the person doing the background check can turn and do whatever she wants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I just hate that I thought about that now. Yeah, we're all, yeah. like, pondering on this, like, fucking son of a bitch. Giant <laughs> okay. pothole. So here what we, here's what we have in this final episode. We have Wednesday knowing who the murderous monster is. Uh, we also have her getting kicked out of the school, which kind of takes away from her abilities to really... She's got to be. Le- she's supposed to be leaving, so she really can't do much more to solve the case. So we think uh, we have Christina Ritchie, who is the bad guy, who is conjuring up a uh, crackstone to get him to end basically the school. He needs to put the school to an end because they want to get rid of all the abnormies. I don't know. No, what are they called? <laughs> kill all the the outcasts. Yeah. Um... Yeah. The, the one thing, well, and that's a whole woke thing, too, I mean, if you want to mention that, because, I mean, they're supposed to be the outcasts from normal society, and, you know, people want to kill them because they're different, blah, blah, blah. They're, that's, but at least that was more subtly done than, you know, uh, some other of the things. other woke yeah. things in the show. Um, but I got the hint from Crackstone once he actually gets summoned, which, uh, let, let's discuss that real quick. <laughs> what did y'all think of the makeup effects for that character? Like, I mean, he was giving it was okay. Me, he was giving me leprechaun vibes. Yeah, that's what I was getting very heavy. I mean, he had the hat and everything. Um, I, I kind of got the vibe from him that he was almost, it was almost like, and maybe this is because, and we discussed this off air, Sleepy Hollow as a reference, you know, the TV show. 
uh, I was almost getting almost like apocalyptic vibes from him. Like oh, now yeah. that he was brought back, he wouldn't just stop with Outcast. He would like his weird brand of you know uh, religious fervor would like you know go on to like kill everyone who didn't like fit his ideas of what a proper person should be. Which in modern society, as we discussed with Psycho, would probably be all of us dead. Oh my we're god, all, you we're know, all heathens. Uh, <laughs> you smile. You dance. Thou'st enjoyest butter. Thou'st thou show us more than an ankle. <laughs> Dead. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So Crackstone was. I mean, he definitely was. He was evil, but he was the worst kind of evil because he thought he was the good. You know. Yeah, he's that classic uh you know well all villains believe they're in the right i mean but you know uh he but the ones who believe it with you know like almost religious type you know mentality are the scariest because they don't they don't even question their motives like you know some of the best villains are like am i doing maybe i'm you know but then they they still choose to do it because they think it's for the betterment of whatever they're trying to pursue but like no he's just straight on he's like no i'm i'm completely a good guy do you you're all fucking evil and deserve to burn in hell. Yeah, uh, he was. He was kind of funny. He was kind of laughable, scary. Um, I did crack up when he was like, "Shut the fuck up, to Christina." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he when just she, tells her to leave and and go out. She's like, "So um, much for reviving your heroes." I didn't really see the point of killing Wednesday necessarily at the point they did just have Goody like bring oh, her yeah. back. I mean, it was it was a good callback to the the necklace, like I said, but at the same time. It, kind of felt like superfluous like there's no real reason for that scene just have it to where like maybe she was maimed but like not like killed and then maybe like she drug her like you know maimed ass back to the school and you could still have the heroic moment and that's probably even more heroic in my my mind because like she struggled through the pain of being just i mean like a normal person like just you know but like on the verge of passing out from blood loss or whatever just yeah, to come back yeah but they're at the final fight scene so she had she had to get a sinzu bean somehow <laughs> she she had to go super saiyan is that what you're trying to say yeah she had to be a top notch fighting ability <laughs> so you got to cure all the damage she got hit by a shovel got stabbed but i mean uh, well when all that happened let's be honest nobody was sitting there like <gasps> Oh no, Wednesday's dead. Oh, like, nobody thought nobody that. Nobody thought it's that. Like, they were like, okay, well, how is she going to get revived? Yeah, like, it, it had no impact on the show, and that's probably the worst part about it, just because nobody believed that they were going to kill her that way. And I, the scene with Thing held more weight for me because yeah. I was like, they could kill him off easily, and, and that would be awful at this point. I, but, yeah. Um, And not only that, but, okay, so did Goody have to be inside of Wednesday to help her also fight? She wasn't inside her. I thought she went. It, I did. She did go. No. She said something about she makes a line to her about she has to pass through her. But okay. I was just there thinking. I was like, why couldn't she do that without the towel? I mean, it's magic. You can say what you want, and and you it's know, one put limitations on it. In case of but... emergency, <laughs> you get a one, it's a one-time use. I can heal you, but we can never interact again. Oh yeah. Oh, she does say that to her. She's like, "You'll never see me again." Yeah, that's, like, that's okay. What she cool. Says. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you. Next. Okay. But, uh, I, they they get through all that stuff, and then the you know the 
the school gets set on fire, but then it like gets put out super quick. I don't understand that either. They should have more ramifications from like literally a, a napalm explosion. What it looks like going off. Oh but, yeah. Like then, nothing gets damaged. Like the main portion of the school is like still intact. They're all how about by this each one? Other. If you look at the grass, none of it's burnt. <laughs> there's nothing burned. I don't even think like, yeah, I, mean, I didn't see anything. You know, I didn't see any, it, it's, there's, there's it's no really, wood that's got any burnt marks on it or anything. But, not that, but it's really hard to burn concrete and stone. It takes a lot, a lot of energy, but the fact that the grass isn't burnt, how about that <laughs> it's one? A, that's a, well, and it, it's something else. Some of those people that were close to it should have at least had their eyebrows cinched off. If you're not going to give them any other, like, you know, bits of damage or whatever, how could their eyebrows get singed? They all ran. The <laughs> it feels like they all ran for their lives. Nobody did anything to step up. All these, all these super super beings, if you will, were like, well, nope. and that was. But that's the one thing that that kills me about and uh, the plot hole with uh, Bianca was because she used her power to get people to leave. She's like, you have to go now. Basically hijacking oh, yeah, their mind. Okay. And it's like. Where was this energy before now? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, oh, oh, God. This unraveling um, the storyline <laughs> at a rapid pace. <laughs> what else are we missing from this final episode? We get, okay, so. Uh, we, I mean, well, I mean, we can talk about the resolution at the end of it, but I mean, up to that point, uh, there was a whole thing. I did like this scene with Tyler where like, you know, he's, he portrays, I mean, he's been, you know, they, they come in there just the right time to see that he's been like tortured that this might've been the episode. Oh yeah. One of the two. And, um, I think it was this episode. And then like they're at the police station and he's like, I forgive her dad, but I want to say one more thing to her. And it's like, dad's like, whatever, this fucking stupid, but go talk to her. And he comes over just to give her that like evil moment. It's like, I've known the entire fucking time. And now you have no way of doing any fucking thing to me. So, you know, checkmate bitch, you know, it's basically what the line was like. And it was like, okay. And I liked how the actor did the portrayal of that. Cause it was, it was a definite change in his personality on the show. Oh yeah. I thought that was a pretty good scene. I thought that was a good scene. Yeah. But I was confused because she had two adults with her at the moment, the the cop. And I know he just kind of walked away like whatever, because his son wanted to talk to her. But where was lady Dimitrescu? She was, she just disappeared. Like you didn't even see her walk away. Like, okay, Wednesday, I'll meet you at the car. She was adamant on, I better stay with this bitch because she keeps fucking slipping. She was in the office with the sheriff. I guess Yeah, she so. was in the office, yeah. But, yeah, she should have she should have shape-shifted and been like a, a one of the rando cops that were in the background at that point. Yeah. Um, she does <laughs> shape-shift for good, finally, in this episode. It's where she actually she does. does shape-shift into Tyler, not the monster. And uh, what is Christina Ricci's character's name again? Marilyn Thornhill. Marilyn, uh, Mrs. Thornhill, if you will, uh, thinks that uh, she's trying if to command nasty. him. If... <laughs> Shut up. She's trying to command him to attack Wednesday, and it's not happening. And it's because it's not him. It is Lady Dimitrescu. But then she gets taken out like yes. a punk-ass bitch. Yeah, this lady who does a towering monster of a woman compared to Christina Ricci doesn't put up any type of fight. Mm-mm, not at all. That was she, insane. And this is a lady who went to the school, <laughs> took fencing, all these underhanded things of understanding poison and people's 
like intent. You're in a questionable situation with this individual. You just got done hearing him lay out that they are the culprit, and you don't put up one fight when she just stabs and, you. And might I remind you that she knows she's teaching about the plants and would know that the that she would have some kind of poisonous thing at her you know disposal. I mean, if she was that bad of a principal that she didn't know that Thornhill was teaching about carnivorous plants and nightshade and all that, then, I mean, that's like Dumbledore saying, fuck it, Snape, go in there and just, you know, do whatever you want to do in the class. I'm just going to peace out for a bit. And then if the kids get, you know, start using dark magic, then I, I guess I'm just a dumb shit. You oh, know, my like God. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we see her go out, which was, I really would have liked to see her, seen her in more, like seasons that allegedly are supposed to be coming. They, they can bring her back, but like the younger version of her is what they'll do. Like if they have more scenes of like Morticia and Gomez and hers, like, you know, relationship and never more. Cause what they'll probably do with this show, if the way that I'm seeing it is that they're going to keep flashing back to the, the stuff that was there, you know, like they're going to probably bring stories from the school out, like, you know, things that have went on that were like little mysteries that nobody ever solved or whatever. And so, you know, and some of those could still involve like, you know, the Adams and, and her relationship. So there's more that can come out of that, but it'll be the younger version of her. I would have, Liked it, and I would have thought it would have been really hilarious to see them carry her coffin, and it's just like this massive coffin. It takes like fifteen guys to, <laughs> <laughs> well, to if carry you're her. Away. Have a larger woman like her playing that part. What they should have done is, I mean, they should have shown her being more physical. I mean, it, yeah. yes, that is that is a stereotype, but I mean a large framed individual is going to have some more strength and power to them than, you know, Christina Ricci at five foot two or whatever she stands at. That, that, so. Think about that scene. How high did Christina Ricci have to get up to get to her? <laughs> <laughs> Even if she was standing on hills, she would have had to been on her tippy toes to get up there. That's, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just, I, I don't know. This is it's, how the scene should have played. She should have been in a white dress with a huge black rimmed hat, really low cut dress. She could have either stepped on Christina Ritchie or when she grabbed Christina Ritchie with her hand like Lady Demetresque, then Christina Ritchie could have threw the poison at her titties. Or you could have did a scene where Christina Ritchie tried to run away. She grabs her. Yeah. And while she's grabbing her, then she gets stabbed. Yes. That's what you should have done. You should have shown uh it, Weems, it sets it up uh, for in close a physical contact. altercation with her, getting the upper hand, and then right at the last second when you think she's going to win, that's whenever she gets stabbed because they're in closer proximity at that point. And it's easier for uh, you know, Christina Ricci's character Thornhill to be able to, you know, suddenly have that syringe in her hand and like, you know, out of nowhere, like she gets and it wouldn't even have to be in the neck. I mean, if it's that yeah. kind, of, kind of poison, it could have been femoral artery, anything, and it would have worked. Leg, femoral artery. Yeah. And then she could have fell on top of Christina Ricci, and Christina Ricci would have gotten motorboated to death. (laughs) So you think, but she makes it out of the titty grab and comes and tries to help the pilgrim kill Wednesday. I don't know. There's definitely, I mean, they, they... They cheaped out on that scene. I don't know why, but that that was a very bad utilization of her. After we've already discussed the fact that her, you know, they could have used her shape-shifting powers to have better use throughout the entire season. So now that we've (laughs) 
torn basically this fucking the show. season apart, basically ripped it apart. That's the thing I do. You got to build it up, then you got to knock it the fuck down. Well, you can, I mean, that's that's a good critique, though. I mean, when you're doing like a critical review of something, you can appreciate like different aspects of it. The visuals, I love the aesthetics of the show. Oh, I love yeah. the fact that even like, you know, the, the room they've got Wednesday in with that big, you know. Oh, yeah. Which, I mean, I don't, I don't know how, the, you know, it's it's always like in Friends, like you get these characters that are in these huge you know, yeah. apartments that they're, you know, they would never be in, but whatever. But it's got that huge, you know, window there, that stained glass window that she co- takes all the colors out of so that you know like and it's like you can see the differences between her and Enid like clearly divided in the room oh yeah like all the visual stuff was great like the acting Mm -hmm. you know by some of the principals like Ortega you know thing we talked about Fester there was you know well even you know uh Gwendolyn Gwendolyn Christie with what they gave her did a fantastic job yeah I loved her on Um, screen but the plot I mean, there are problems with the plot in this show. I mean, you can't get around it. Now, Tim Burton didn't write the show. He's just a director. Um, I don't think he did direct or write any of them. And I think that uh, it was written by several different people, too. Yes. And so you have that's an issue. I mean, you know. Uh, I don't know who directed what necessarily, or I mean, wrote what, but I think Millar did a lot of it. And then like they got uh, Montero or whatever her name is to do a couple episodes, if I remember right. But like there are, you know, different people writing the show. Yeah. Um, Ganja Montero was one of the directors. It, it, she's not listed as a writer. Um, but I wonder how Tim Burton, other than, okay, so there's no denying that the show's a hit. Uh, it has broken all records on Netflix currently of the most watched show, the fastest ever too, to have so many hours uh, being watched. And people are rewatching it. People are rewatching it two or three times. Um, I wonder how Tim Burton feels. You know, I don't know that he watches his shows like I listen to the episodes and like critiques himself. You know. And he's like, man, this could have done this or this. I wonder if he's going to give any more writing uh, tips moving forward if this continues to be a thing. Now, some people are convinced this is going to go for another three or four episodes. And I know that they don't usually contract for more than another season or two. I'm sorry. I said episodes. I meant seasons. Um, Usually they don't uh, do a contract for more than two seasons ahead of time, but. But it's at least going to get one more because yeah. Netflix. It, it is the it's it's streaming as well or actually better, I think, than season four of Stranger Things, and that was the best that mm-hmm. Netflix had ever done up to this point. So it, it's definitely up there, and there, there's no way they're not going to do a follow up season. Yeah, there's no way. Uh, and if Tim Burton's available, fuck, awesome, you know. Um, but what they're what they're going to have to do. I mean, that's one thing at the end when they're uh, resolving everything in this this season when they're sending Wednesday away, she's going back home because they're shutting down the school after the principal was killed and everything else. So they're going on a hiatus or, you know, yeah. and, uh, and, and maybe the next season can have a few episodes at the Adams family residence before they actually go back to the school. I hope that's what they do with the, the difference, but, uh, they do, they do set up the fact that Tyler is not, he, he's oh, going to yeah. come back. Yeah. He's he bre- not dead. He's breaking loose. That was actually kind of cool. 
Yeah, I don't. It, the monster looks. I mean, talking about that though, I don't know what I feel about the monster. I like it and I hate it at the same time because it's super goofy looking, but it's also a Tim Burtony thing. And it's it a very Tim Burtony monster. I mean, I sent you guys the snake from Beetlejuice immediately. Yeah. It was like, oh my god, this is the monster. This is his face. You know. I uh, I didn't really pick up on that. I picked up on the idea that it's it's the idea of uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Like, oh well, yeah, it when is. You, when you take the potion, you just it twists you, like your face. You get all crazy and, and psychotic looking. And that's something I felt like I got in like the last few minutes of the show. Even if I did kind of suspect they were going that route with Tyler, when I thought about it, I was like, yeah, that monster does look like an exaggerated like version of Tyler now that I think back on how the character looks I mean it's the the face when he starts morphing at the end of it and it, it starts coming out I'm like yeah I should have picked up on this before now like I mean if you're <laughs> linking that face to anybody else it would it, it fits his the, the best who's that uh, I'm trying to think of the actor's name you, you remember the movie City Slickers in the in the main cowboy um I'm trying to think of his Billy name. Crystal no not no the Jack actual talents yes so there's yeah. a there's a movie Jack Pounce did. It was a Doctor Jekyll Mister Hyde movie, from like the I want to say late '60s, early '70s. That's hell good, really good Doctor Jekyll movie. I don't know if you ever seen it. Uh, that's an awesome one. I, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, it was in the era where they're just transitioning over to a lot of into color, and they hadn't quite got the undertones for the filters right. So it has that weird kind of. Look oh, to oversaturated. It. Yes, but it's an awesome yeah. movie. It's a hell good Dr. Jekyll movie. I could see that. He was also in like, I mean, this is a total tangent, but he was also in like a um, an alien type movie or whatever, like in I want to say the late seventies, early eighties, that, that it's not a lot not a lot of people knows about. Because they always think of him as like a Western type character. Oh, yeah. Especially yeah. because of, you know, City Slickers. We did oh, such God. a good job in there. I shit bigger than you. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I don't I don't know how I, that I like the fact they brought him back for part two and then played his twin brother yeah the first movie was so good that it's just like you guys didn't have to hash this again so uh, we should probably start wrapping this one up but what did we think about the show overall I think should we roll into ratings do we have any yeah. trivia we want? Wait, do we have any trivia? We kind of discussed it. We mixed, mingled well, we it in, We discussed huh? as we went. That's okay. that's all I know about it as far as trivia. I mean, there, but to my knowledge, and I've not looked back on this, there are a ton of callbacks to either former Adams Family stuff or for, oh, former yeah. Tim Burton stuff. So if you want to look hard enough, you can find all kinds of callbacks. And uh, the, and some of them are musical, <laughs> but I, I did want to throw that out there. The, I did like some of the musical choices in the show. Oh, I, I did that, too. You know, like the cello versions of rock songs were pretty good. Yeah, uh, I think, I mean, it goes without saying that Danny Elfman knocked it out of the park. And it was, it was different, as we had previously said. It was, it was new, it was refreshing, but it still was so good. Sometimes you get artists that try new things and it doesn't work out. And that's just not the case with Danny Elfman yeah, as, as shown. Well, they, they, all the great uh, you know, composers like for movies all have their own style and you hear them and you know, instantly like John Williams, like, I yeah. mean, even though they're drastically different between like star Wars and Superman, when you listen to those themes, you get enough of the sound being like, you know, in, in the same range and everything else. You're like, okay, that's a John Williams score. And Danny Elfman's definitely of that ilk because like his stuff is for the most part, 
you know, it's yeah. like you hear it and it's like some variation of either Beetlejuice or Batman, you know, it's like one of the two, but. Yeah, and we, when I was listening to this, I was like, I expected Danny Elfman to be the composer, but I questioned whether it was Danny Elfman. I was like, is this Danny Elfman? I had to Google and check, so it wasn't like, oh, yeah, this is for sure him, you know? I was actually surprised when I saw his name attached to it. I I don't know why I was surprised, but I guess because I didn't pick up enough of the Elfman sound for it to really trigger my mind on that. And it it is a compliment, so it's, it's not anything against him at all, so... Uh, we talked um, about the look of the show. We talked about the acting. We talked about the music. Yeah, I don't think we've really missed anything as far as the discussion of the show. I mean, I'm, I, I think we've kind of covered it all. Hopefully all right. at this point we have. All right. So overall, <laughs> what what are we scoring the show? I was going to give it a four, but I think because we discussed these plot holes, I'm going to have to take it down like 3.7 or something. I mean, I, I love it for a lot of what it does, but those plot holes, when you start thinking about them, man, this show unravels quick. It's <laughs> like, you know, a moth-eating sweater that you got out of your grandma's house, and you put it on, and it seems fine at first, and then the first time it gets washed, it's gone. Your you titties know, are out. <laughs> Babe? Uh, same with him. Like I, I, I originally had like a, almost a four and a half and the more we kind of talked about it, the more I thought of it, I was like, oh, this sounds like a three, five. Okay. I mean, it was, it was a high up there for me. It wasn't a five, but it wasn't like, it wasn't a four either. So it would have been a four and a half or 4.8. Honestly, for me, it's high up there. I obviously enjoyed it. I like quirkier stuff and goofy things. It had enough of that. But I think Jenna Ortega and uh, and she's just an amazing. She's did such a good job as Wednesday. I she's, love. She's almost entirely my three point six. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. not even joking when I say that. Well, it's it's Wednesday. It's it's about her and. Uh, but the plot holes make it hard to overlook it. Yeah, it's it, the the show works in spite of the yeah. story that they've presented. Yes, it does, which is which is that's great. And I don't know. I'm just hoping that maybe Tim Burton gets a little bit more involved with the writing or that maybe he'll take the writing in a different direction. Um if they can tighten up the narrative, they've got a, they've got a hit on their hands. Yes. I mean, I'm 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 back for season 2, but they're going to have to have a tighter narrative than what yeah. they presented this it's season. It's going to turn into a teeny bopper show if they if they're not careful. It was on the verge of that. Yes, and Wednesday is not a teeny bopper. I I know everyone wants her to be nice and friendly, and she's not. It's super close to a CW show right now. They need to. Oh, that's the comparison everyone keeps making. Switch it off of that. Yeah, Um, but it was a four for me. I am giving it the four. I mean, it was completely enjoyable. I would absolutely watch the show again. You know what would make it awesome if they came back the next season and they just went full kilter into the all the animal like the the powers that everything has, and they just made it gory. Like, really just went hard in it. I mean, does Tim, Tim Burton doesn't do super gore. He you just, don't got to do a lot of blood then, but yeah. I mean, there's arms getting ripped off and people getting murdered. He does. What would make an interesting season is if somebody who hated the school found some kind of thing that triggered the monsters to oh. powers uh, to make them like mindless creatures. And uh, and then Wednesday's like, you know, not only is she trapped in this like hellhole of these creatures that are trying to maybe possibly kill her. I mean, it doesn't even have to be in the, I mean, she would have to probably get out of the school or she'd be, you know, you'd have a hard time explaining how she survived in that situation. But like, she's trying to save her friends yeah. who are not in control of themselves. And she's, and and she's trying to figure out who's, who's doing that and how they're doing it. I think that'd make a good season. And then they could give the narrative of my body, my choice. 
<laughs> well, they, they technically could. You're right. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Um, I think it goes without saying we enjoyed it. It has plot holes. Despite those, you can definitely enjoy Wednesday. Definitely give it a watch. Don't just go on TikTok and see the dance and be like, this is amazing. Uh, <laughs> give it a whirl. I think I think people will like it and maybe have their own opinions on what could or could not be done. But also goes without saying, we're going to come back for it and, and give it another whirl when they announce season two, which they haven't yet. They're going to keep us on our toes. I'm sure they got to get the green light still, but it's probably going to happen. There's no way they're passing this up. This is one of the few things they've had that's been like a major hit in forever. So they can't they can't afford to to go back on this one. And and uh, with the popularity just in social media right now, they're, they they've got to uh, they've got to be like you know knocking down his door right at this exact moment, saying get on it yeah. quick. We need we need a turnaround on this thing, which is going to be bad because that's going to probably affect the plot. But I mean they're they're going to be demanding it. Yeah, and not only that, if you're going to be pumping out seasons, these kids are growing up. I mean, they're not even kids. These these full-grown adults. <laughs> yeah, they're going to start having uh, But that's uh, going to work in their favor. And, and, you know, <laughs> One is almost in the 30s. <laughs> I know, but it, it will actually work in their favor because they're, they're in a spot now where you're not going to see giant aging drastics. Like if they were that younger, if they were younger, you'd see giant changes. But now yeah. they're kind of stable so they can kind of – Pump out a season or two before you start seeing the the ages starting to ripple in. Yeah, so seeing the crow's feet at the edge <laughs> of their eyes or whatever starts happening. Yeah, you mean the woe's feet? The oh my god. <laughs> okay, I'll cut it off here. <laughs> and with that, peace be with you. And with your spirit. <laughs>